Connor Listoka. This is 372 pages. We'll never get back. It's the Bad Book Podcast. And boy, do we have a doozy, eh, Connor? <laughs> yeah, we sure do, Mike. It's time to ratify our second episode of Super Constitution by Charles Kim. The second article of 372 pages? Yes. Super Constitution? Yes. We've been working on our own Super Constitution these days. Um, First Amendment. Thou shall not neglect to include horniness in your book if the first section of your book was super horny. It's <laughs> the, the instances on this podcast of Grandpa No uh, are climbing in my... I, I just didn't know this was a genre of literature. <laughs> sure, yes. I'm, I'm sure, well, a yeah. sub-genre, we'll call it. You, but You uh, go to the library, you've got, you know, mysteries, you've got historical fiction, you've got your Grandpa No section... <laughs> That's the one all the kids are like, you know, checking to see if the librarian's looking before they duck into. Uh, we'll get into it, of course, but I just want to say, like, as we talk about this book, please remember <laughs> that during everything that's happening, uh, that the three of these people of our main characters are constantly having thrashing wreck the room <laughs> sex at all times. It's not mentioned in this, but I just want that to be. The umbrella over everything that we do here. Right, right. right. Because uh, Brenda, John, and James, right? They are the yes. Troika. They, the they, Troika. they pretty much have to do that in order for for Brenda, you know, her for her genius to keep working. Right. That's sort of what right. was implied in the beginning. Is that um, in the same way that some people are like, "Don't talk to me until I've had my coffee." She's like, "Don't talk to me until." John and James have just absolutely <laughs> shattered my headboard and, you know, woken up the neighbors with me. Like, so it's, it's that sort of, they, the, the pump needs to be primed, so to speak. Yes. And that, so it, it's like, if you've ever read a book where someone, I read, there's a series, someone will know who this is. I don't remember what it is, where the main character was a leper. And so it, there were just constant references to sort of having to check himself because his nerves didn't work and stuff like that. Um, so that was just that was part of the book that you just got used to. Well, this one just just keep that in mind yeah. as you just listen to everything that happens. That that's the thing the subtext. Yes, it's so, like and, uh, in a in a '80s sitcom when a character had scheduled two dates at the same time. Uh, and so he'd have to like find excuses to keep getting up from the table and going to the other one. That's uh, that's essentially the what's going on every single day with these two, with these three. Right. Sorry. Right. So uh, we have so much that I think we should dive in. But uh, do you want to set the stage for where we are in the book? This is the obviously the second reading. So in the first we, in, well, the first we we met our our three characters. Well, we got exposed to the fact that there is a being from another star quote-unquote, uh, that is uh, mm-hmm. issuing an edict to the leaders of the world, the three major, like, war powers, USA, Russia, Canada. I'm sorry. <laughs> Freudian slip there. <laughs> I live in fear of the Canadians coming yes. down from... Uh, and, and China, of course. And so they have uh, agreed to form a one-world government under the super constitution. Then we flash back to how this had happened, and we have three students, uh, Brenda Chen, John Smith, and James... I don't remember his last name... Um. Uh, anyway, they have formed a troika. They're going to be drafting the super constitution. Uh, Brenda is the most beautiful world woman in the world, super horny and a fighter pilot. Uh, John Smith is a direct descendant of uh, the Pocahontas John Smith, as well as being the world's greatest judoist. He once fought off uh, 100 other judoists in a, at one time, back to back. And then James is known as the sea lion because he can hold his breath for 20 minutes. 
That was not a four-year-old, you know, telling you a story from the back of the car as you're, you know, being like, when, what happened next? Well, then the sea lion held his breath for 20 minutes. That's uh, written by, by Charles Kim, age 70, and we will 70. revisit his biography soon. Yes, indeed. Uh, and the person from the distant star who comes and magically tells the powers of the world what they should do, like gets them to reorder the entire structure of the globe, uh, is, let me see, is it Gleeborg from the planet Rishan 4? <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's it's Miss O'Hare <laughs> like, yeah, they, from they went, the star O'Hare. The opposite of Star Trek, essentially, with, you know, inventing the, 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 the fake star-sounding places. Yes. So, uh, well, let's jump in. Um, yeah. So the book is obviously divided into articles, and uh, we start with Article Five, which is called Research Institute, and it starts with a with a with just you don't want to say a bang in Super Constitution because that's not yeah, what it careful. Is, it really does. It just has some some real good Charles Kim text here. In the year of 2011, Brown University's ceremony of graduation took place in balmy weather of May. Everyone buoyed its spirit. John and James upgraded their upholding mood. Brenda enjoyed the event in excitement too, of course. <laughs> there's there's a few phrases in there that remind me of uh, you know uh, why are you I in my lemon drink? Sure, sure. You know, uh, ceremony of graduation. Yes, yes. I think we have a term for that already. <laughs> yeah, it's, but uh, uh, it's yeah all... the the weather. Everyone buoyed the weather's spirits, I guess, is how that reads to me. That's how it's it's constructed, yes, which is good, you know. The, the weather sure. often is, people are angry at it, so it's good to have it, people, you know, bu- buoying it up. Uh, what's an upholding mood? Because <laughs> I need to upgrade mine. Right, if, yes. If I'm in an upholding, I need to know what it is, and then I'll try to upgrade it. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but then they meet uh, a, a interesting-sounding gentleman here. James's father, the Sea Lion's father, Sea Lion Senior, is coming <laughs> to uh, to the graduation ceremony. And so, just let me let me read this to you. This description: James's father engaged in doing import-export business in Southern California on the line of man-made crystal ornament. At the time, James's father conducted excuse me thirty million dollars a year. And produced in sales a year and produced around $5 million in net profit a year. He became a prominent businessman in New York City's area's Korean American community, holding a master's degree in chemical engineering from Seoul National University. In 1975, upon graduation from his graduate school, he originally immigrated to New York City and naturally naturalized engaging in trade business between Korea and America. I, I mean,. Does that sound like anyone you've heard of? Or I can't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just, to, just, to, just to verify, in the back of the uh, Super Constitution book, uh, born in 1937 in Korea, immigrated to New York City in 1964, right after graduating graduate school of public administration of Seoul National University. Since 1964 to present, being engaged in wholesale and manufacturing business in high-fashioned costume jewelry, which we will, you know, the man-made crystal ornaments that then later says, you know... Uh, all the various, you know, fake versions of gems that he's been creating. So it's a Charles Kim self-insert character here. He didn't even put on a trench coat and a mustache there. He just <laughs> like put down his. Plus, uh, I, I, 
the uh, Birdemic, full-on Birdemic. Yeah. It's... With the conducted $30 million in sales a year and $5 million in net profit. <laughs> yep. Round numbers. I wrote round numbers, and I said, keep in mind how many of James Wynn's characters, before James Wynn made movies like Birdemic and Replica, he was a, a software salesman. So keep in mind how many of his characters were, were software salesmen in those in those movies. <laughs> write what you know is the advice. So I, I guess that's right who you are. Uh, also, it's a little bit later, but uh, he, he describing himself again. Uh, Mary, Mary Sue, is that what they call that? Putting yourself in a... Mary Jane? Uh, I mean, Mary, I... Okay. Think so? I, you know, I think that was like making yourself putting yourself in and making it the hero, and so you know yeah. could do no wrong. Uh, James' father appeared in the ceremony, uh, attired in dark blue navy suit. Blah blah blah. His medium-sized frame looked of rather small stature, and he seemed much younger than his age of sixty-two. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, padding, padding his resume there. <laughs> Uh, but it doesn't stop there. Uh, we will get to it. But the the plot is that right now he has sat them down, and after it's talked about how he makes you know rubies, diamonds, sapphires, emeralds, opals, ambers, you know all that stuff, he offers uh, to establish a in- research institute with a three million dollar annual budget for this troika to like work at after after college, and they like all immediately accept. Yeah, uh, uh, the funding is a nice round number. You said. Three million dollars, yes. yes. yes exactly. <laughs> uh, and she said, it says, the major region Brenda accepted the offer from James's father arose from James' idea of the operation of the super constitution. Um, so th- that's got us sort of caught up onto the onto the plot. But then we we do get to meet you know the the father and sort of see how these negotiations happen. Uh, well, before we do, he he meets everyone, and this is uh, this is Charles Kim language full on. Okay, you don't hear these phrases in any other book. I challenge you to find them. <laughs> James ushered his father through a congratulatory crowd towards Brenda, who was surrounded by a cluster of well dressed congratulants. <laughs> I wow. challenge you to find that phrase. Google it right now. You will not find. Yeah, is congratulants even a word? Like well dressed congratulants. I guess it is, but that's nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that in mind for like when I start writing uh, graduation notes to you know to like Bill's daughter is probably graduating from high school this year, so uh, we'll, we'll make sure to include that in the uh, in the congratulatory notes. I wonder if someone called you that, would you be like, oh, is that all I am to you? As, <laughs> as a guy who congratulates people. <laughs> Uh, and then he has a reaction when he meets uh, when he meets uh, Brenda, uh, Charles Kim. Sorry, Mister James's father does. He says, "Ah, uh, I really wonder how on earth you snatched this Wonder Woman." <laughs> so, in terms of other sentences you might hear, <laughs> uh, when I go to a wedding in uh, in a over the weekend after Labor Day, that's what I'm going to say to the uh, to the groom. <laughs> I I, uh, I hope you'll tape that. Yes, yeah. get a video of the reaction <laughs> oh, as you get punched. And the camera flies across the room. <laughs> but then we have this, and this was this was sort of uh, spoiled in real or fanfic last time. But we're we're going to reiterate it just because it does sort of define this next chapter. It's truly stunning. But <laughs> they say, uh, you know, he says, "Please call me Mike." Charles Kim does, and then she says, "Brenda approached Mister Lee's ear and whispered." May I call you Daddy, as James calls you? And he says, of course, it is my pleasure. That sounds even more palatable. 
<laughs> I, I put the stamp on that one. The firm settled down. The firm, so. Or simmer down, as this book calls it. <laughs> simmer down. <laughs> so uh, they've all agreed to address their $3 million benefactor and James's father, uh, the uh, younger than he looks, uh, Mr. Lee, as daddy. Daddy. <laughs> One of our favorite characters, Don DeMillo, the yes. great Don DeMillo. Right. And once you've Daddy. heard that, once you heard that bit, it will be impossible to hear this in any <laughs> yes. other way. Yes. Uh, yeah, he goes on. I don't have a lot of notes, but he goes on a monologue that is just absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, it's it, it is. You take a bunch of words and just shatter them on the floor and then put them back together. It's it's just word salad. Yeah, and it's introduced as you know he he he. Uh, it's introduced as a long monologue, so you, the author tells you what you're getting into right away. <laughs> yes, but it's so nice when you you get the, you know, when speakers. I've I've said it many times when speakers who you're already like done with do uh-huh. the thing of like I have four points which I'll get to in a minute. You know, like <laughs> yes, God, yes. God, you son of a right. <laughs> I thought you were wrapping up. Yeah, uh, but he. So gives you the long monologue, but breaks it up, and this is a style thing that continues throughout the book, is people talk, and then a hard paragraph, and then he went on, mm-hmm. and then it just continues from there. It's incredible. They have this, and again, interjections unlike anything you'd hear in any other book, um, like I have some of them here. So this is after a paragraph of text, and then it says, still Michael proclaimed, or Michael continued his talk. Michael became more Michael became more emphatic. <laughs> That's the part I had like no what are you stop being emphatic you haven't made a bit of sense what are you Yeah let me like, give you a little taste of what this monologue is saying. This is how it starts it says what moves the human mind an attractive appearance may impress the human mind but it cannot dominate or dictate an intelligent human mind. So keep in mind how what his son and the other guy have have arranged their life around which is banging Brenda like that's that's all you know. They must be like, uh, yeah. Who imagine someone rearranging their life around an attractive appearance? That's uh, who. <laughs> we just accepted a job at this research institute, but then it gets much more incoherent. The human mind displays torrid barrens to the one who does not cultivate it, but to the one who instills nate nurture, it reveals magnificent vistas, fertile soil, colorful stark monolith, rainforest, diversified rich resources. When we file and polish the human mind, we can see brilliant jewels in there. And that's, I guess, even slightly more coherent than some of the other stuff. Well, I I stopped at um, the human mind moves by very incomprehensive enigma and complicated labyrinth. (laughs) Boy, he knows me. Boy, does he. He's pegged me. That's for sure. And yeah, I still could remember like being in college and a friend's parent comes to town and like takes you out to dinner and it's like, oh my God, like I could finally like get a a $9 entree that's not like Subway. Then if any of them had ever started talking like this and, you know, with the implication that you have to sit there and listen because they're paying for dinner, I I would have left. I would have, you know, (laughs) I would have gone for uh, the McDonald's dollar menu as opposed to sitting through this. Here it is. Education sharpens the vision of the human mind. Education enriches information into the human mind. Education finally touches the human mind to rise up for a quality upsurge in every field. It's, uh, you know, and then he, he, he continues to go with the interjections, such as Michael frankly stated his view of the research institute in his mind without any stammering mode of utterance. <laughs> Still, Michael proclaimed, 
and then we get uh, Brenda broke a brief silence after Michael's long monologue. Okay. Uh, and then started with, Daddy, your <laughs> rhetoric sounds like my <laughs> Professor Krugman's way of talking. Yes. yes. I totally agree with your idea. And you have to go like, wait, what's the idea? Mm-hmm. I just heard absolute gibberish yes <laughs> yes it's like sitting through a talk where uh you didn't do the reading and then some other student raises their hand and makes a point and you're like you 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 understood all of this you, you got it oh god <laughs> but yeah the, the they do have this sort of like long paragraphs that you tend to gloss over but then when everyone breaks into it by calling him daddy in response you sort of get snapped back to how hilarious it is <laughs> uh an example uh john i am i think this is uh the doctor. What is his name? Mike Lay? Mr. Lee, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. but it's, yeah, L-E-I-G-H. So it's not like, you know, it's not Lee like the Korean Lee. Yeah. The exact same name is a uh, pretty famous British director, by the way. Come <laughs> up. Good movies. Uh, John, I am very much delirious with joy at your positive attitude. I feel like having acquired a big son on a sudden without any charge. I'd like to consider you as my own son, James. Many thanks, Daddy. <laughs> big son. Big son. That's a good nickname. Yeah. This is my big son. <laughs> but he's he, the implication here that he when he feels like he has acquired a big son on a sudden without any charge is that without any charge. Most times he's looked into acquiring a big son is that there's, you know, costs that stood in the way of him pulling the trigger. I guess so. <laughs> we should, by the way, suggest to uh, bartenders who don't remember your name that Big Son is a pretty oh, good Oh, yeah. That's a good Nulty nickname. There too. he is. Hey, Big Son. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a Twitter construction, which is Large Adult Son, which is a very funny uh, term, <laughs> but that's uh, that's very close here. Charles King yes. might have invented it. Uh, and then everybody in the room burst out laughing at John's terse word of many thanks, Daddy. <laughs> which I, I burned one of my dumb sentences early there, but that's, yeah, that's okay. too good not to share. <laughs> <laughs> the, the daddy stuff continues, and it's really great because they start talking about like the science that they've looked into, which is the, um, we, we didn't really touch on this, but the killing killing wave? Kill, killing, killing power. power. Killing it eventually power. becomes killing power, yes. yes. But it is a wave. Yes. There are several waves. There's wave one and wave two, <laughs> and then there's the killing power. I don't really understand the difference. I think one is communi- one and two are communication yeah. waves. It gets into it, and I. it's hard to understand because, one, I assume everything is incorrect, and two, it's it's worded very poorly. But um, when they when they do start talking about it, this is I, I wish that this is how, like— um, Carl Sagan had sort of explained things on Cosmos when he was like relating, you know, hard science to the everyman, because mm-hmm. this is what the characters say. Well, Daddy, the subject of electromagnetic wave portrays common stuff, but it is indeed, in terms of a disturbing force to a human body cell, it could blah, 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 blah. But just if, if, if like Neil deGrasse Tyson was using Daddy more in his explanations, it might even make him more relatable to the common right. man. <laughs> <laughs> well, Daddy, um, billions and billions of years ago. Yes. Uh, but uh, all of a sudden, in the middle of all this, thing, which you're trying to pay attention to, like the human mind and blah, 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 and daddy, you get this. And this brought me up short. Mm. Uh, putting aside the question of how to control the audiovisual communication with the desired target, 
Michael just wanted to set up some frame of reference to understand the extraordinary technological superiority which could dictate the superpowers of the world to obey the super constitution. (laughs) (laughs) Instant Hitler. All of a sudden in the middle of it, like the banality of evil. Like, Oh, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Have they breached that with uh, daddy yet? Or is that just something they're going to. Daddy's just right on. He's like, that sounds great. Okay. Every (laughs) time this is brought up, everyone's like, sounds good. (laughs) Right. Because you'd think that maybe as they were like, it's sort of like when you've got like tough news to deliver or a surprise you wait until they're like people have finished eating and you know daddy's reaching for the check by the way daddy the whole point of us accepting this job at your three million dollar research institute is this uh killing power to then establish a super constitution and he's he pauses uh. (laughs) he's he's middle of his signature it actually stops yes But part of the other thing that made me think that the science here that that might not check out is you get into some some weird analogies and stuff like that. They're saying uh, uh, the, the electromagnetic wave shifts its appearance into immense variety according to the specific environment without changing its original character. The electromagnetic wave creates magic kingdom. Yes. That magic kingdom has thousands of faces and each face has its own function according to each appearance. So it's like I'm not a I'm not a physicist or a, a scientist even, but they it just it just makes you think maybe this isn't on the up and up in terms of him doing his research as a costume jeweler. Uh, right. Well, I had that that same thing, and and then it continues after that. And so when you finish reading that, I mean, the answer is obviously what in the name of hell are you talking <laughs> about? But it does not go that way. Okay. The responses to that is John. You are talking about Aladdin's magic lamp and ring, with which the commands Jinn to embody his wish. <laughs> yes, Daddy. That story of Arabian Nights Entertainment overdraws every incident in hallucination. So, asked and answered, sir. I don't understand what your problem is. Yes, yes. It's... <laughs> He uh, he he heard Magic Kingdom and he right went right to Disney's Aladdin. I guess. Wow, the lamp and ring with which he commands a jinn to embody his wish. Yes, Daddy, the story overdraws every incident in hallucination. To which no one goes, guys. Right. Obviously, someone there's gas leak. In they the spiked room our drink. Room. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> oh God, my fingers are moving on their own. <laughs> we've all been drugged we have five minutes to live no they just continue talking and yeah they they do sort of just like lay out their whole plan here and they lay out a lot of the science behind the plan because you know implementing the super constitution uh hinges on their three each of them has their own like field of study or level of interest and one of them was um the killing power which was brenda's one of them was uh electromagnetics one was dark matter i think Mm-hmm. And and they lay it out. I mean, just just as a random example, I didn't even highlight this, but this is the stuff that they're saying to Daddy. Even much shorter length comes in an infrared wave, which measures shorter than visible light. The visible light's wavelength comes in between seven thousand angstroms to four thousand angstroms. So they're really just laying out um, specific science here, and it <laughs> and then it, in response to that sort of thing, which ed, any reasonable person would have fallen asleep at the table. Michael was fascinated about the story of X rays which we could conduct conduct with a fraction of his th- $3 million yearly budget for the Research Institute. Michael felt even greater than ever. <laughs> yeah, and that has a puzzling switch in it. Like, who's the we there? Yeah. 
Because this is an om- omniscient narrator, right? Michael was fascinated about the stories of X-rays, That's a good which point. we could con- concoct. Yeah. Who's we? I mean, I guess it's it's if he's we, now the, the readers and him. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. That's the uh, if that's if this is where we're going to nitpick on Charles Kim's prose, it's probably going to be a uh, a long journey. <laughs> I don't. I don't have any more of them uh, except for this. I do like when a book reminds you of what you're reading. Uh, it just says, and tried to describe some character of Adams, which would help more clearly understand about the project. Parentheses, the super constitution. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of this kind of self-reference stuff, which is hilarious. Yes. Uh, and that's, you know, and that's where it's, it's very clear that it's not like a, you know, translation or anything like that. It's just a weirdo writing a book in a way that, um, nobody has ever before. Cause at some point in time, he starts providing like citations like as seen on page um, you know, 182 <laughs> right, in case right. you want to flip back to it if you forgot but I don't think anyone's <laughs> going to forget that the project is the super constitution while you're reading the book super constitution <laughs> right <laughs> uh, in the middle of the all of this impenetrable stuff about waves and which you know just saying like angstroms and stuff is supposed to make me go sure that makes sense mm-hmm. like you know just any when you know about something and someone's throwing you word salad it'll be like uh-huh you know, if I was going to do sound or you know, decibels and phase shift, like, sure, he knows what he's talking about, <laughs> uh, but not. But in the middle of all that garbage, we get this. Brenda hugged John and kissed him on the cheek as praise for John. John's simple style of narration on the subject. Brenda smiled a big smile, looking at Michael and James. That's just in the middle of, like, instead <laughs> yeah. of going like, what in the name of hell are you saying? What are we talking about? They're like kissing and smiling at each other. Yeah, and it keeps going. It says, Brenda's beaming face produced a more friendly air and pleased everyone with a pleasant confidence. Brenda always transpired some sort of inexplicable delight to her surroundings. Brenda's eyes seemed to emit brilliant inspiration over the subject she was going to talk. John and James felt great on Brenda's confident posture. Michael also felt even some enigmatic on Brenda's dignified beaming. <laughs> anyway, back to angstroms. Uh, we were talking <laughs> angstroms here. <laughs> uh, and and then, you know, Daddy, we got to get going. We got to bang. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> Otherwise, this thing goes off the rails. The super constitution. Yes, it does. It gets up right there. The next sentence is, gentlemen, I am so glad to join this meeting. I feel so proud of daddy's determined interest in our project. Parentheses, super constitution. (laughs) (laughs) I am so proud of our daddy's urbane manner in science. Which uh, you know, if you're if you're a scientist and your your kids give you a Father's Day card that don't doesn't say that, you know, just give them the heave ho right then because that is the uh, the ultimate compliment for any uh, science daddy. Uh, also, in the middle of because uh, this is a lot of exchanging monologues at this point, uh, Brenda does a monologue, and then in the middle of it, without knowing whether it's a tr- I don't know where this is coming from, if, whether she says this, she references molecules, and then. In parentheses, molecule, the smallest physical unit of an element or compound consisting of one or more same atoms, and and it goes on for sentences, and then close parentheses. Brenda? Uh, I think we're all familiar with what a molecule is. Right. We all just graduated top of the class at Brown in science, so it's... uh, Right. Maybe she's explaining it because the guy works in uh, costume jewelry. She can't take it for granted. Oh, true. It is, is, though, like footnotes being included in in the text itself. Right, With, without knowing whether this is actually spoken or not, it's it's hard to it's hard to know. 
Here's a good uh, section of prose that just, you know, if you if you read it with a different voice, uh, it, it takes on a whole new context. Uh, Brenda and Michael looked at each other and smiled at one another. Michael expressed his partic- peculiar thoughts about the cell. And I'm just going to pretend like he just like took a ginormous bong rip right before he starts talking. <laughs> Brenda, it is funny. I'm, I'm listening to you and you're talking to me. You are composed of trillions of cells and so am I. Cells are talking to cells and cells listening to cells. Of course, I, I I guess you feel wonder, and I feel wonder too. It seems to me we are all marvelous biological machines, aren't we? <laughs> Dude, no, seriously, we gotta remain. Fr- I'm gonna call you. I'm going to call you in 20 years. We're coming right back here. No, Uh-oh. dude, sh- no. shut up, shut up, shut up. No. Dude, shut up. No, we're going to do it. Dude, they could tell, tell we're high. Stop. You got to stop no, talking. Sh- no, they can't. Gotta, they can't tell we're high. No, you got to whisper. Otherwise, they're going to Can we some more another onion loaf, no. please? <laughs> Why do we, we just order an onion loaf? What? Well, what? She finished. I, Shh, what? I, what? Brenda drooled in that onion loaf. <laughs> oh man, she's so hot. You, she's, so hot. she's so hot. Oh, my oh daddy, is she hot? <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, there we yes. go. <laughs> I do that. things. The science talk in this is incredibly uh, is incredibly stonery if you choose to interpret it thusly. It is, and, and this goes on. I mean, you know, we're yeah, giving exactly. you just a, a taste. Yeah, it's, it's it's they they pretty much sit there, and as long as the chapter about um, you know fighting the judoists were, and that was funny because it was different styles of judo. It's that, but just in the sort of reiterating what they've um, drilled down on regarding electromagnetic waves and such. Right. Yes, and and all sort of uh, stuffed in between all of it is like the. Michael understood what Brenda was trying to bring to the point, <laughs> just in the middle of it. Okay. <laughs> we, we kind of, if you just assume that people understand what someone else is saying, otherwise you'll say the opposite, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. And it sort of, it sort of like sums up with the, this, this utterance. It says, if a specifically concocted electromagnetic wave suddenly vibrates some molecular bases in the cell of the tissue of longer heart, any man suffers pain and dysfunction of that longer heart, resulting in a death in a matter of three minutes. Michael Lee had a deep breath and a grave looking after listening to Brenda's assurance in the theory of killing power she found in the cell structure. And he says, Brenda, John, and James, all of you understand how serious and measurable magnitude of your commitment to this project, parentheses, super constitution, <laughs> incurs, don't you? Of course, the Troika answered in chorus. So they've sort of explained that to him. He says, like, you know, like, gentlemen, this is revolutionary green tech. And then they reply in the moon people, Dale M. Courtney, unison there. Of course. And and right after they do that, then the uh, person comes and ties a balloon to the back of the chair. <laughs> and they sing their happy, happy birthday, birthday to all. <laughs> and he, but he says, I also cast my destiny along with yours. Let's stage a careful planning and implement it in uncanny accuracy. In this way, the actual giant step had finally taken place for the super constitution. What, the what, what are we reading? The again? what now? Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> if he had put parentheses super constitution after super constitution, it would have, I mean, I, I think my head might have exploded. So to sum up, the author Charles Kim has invented a world in which three super hot kids are banging one another, calling him daddy, and he's building them 
a $3 million science institute <laughs> to hold the entire world at gunpoint and make them <laughs> go through this super constitution thing. Uh, and that's where we are. Yeah. It, it, I mean, of all the movies we've done with had riff tracks where the director is just an obvious self-insert stand-in, um, you know, James Wynn had people buying Ferraris. Uh, Tommy Wiseau had everyone sort of uh, feeling bad for mistreating him. None of them came anywhere close to the, you know, to world domination. Right. I mean, that's that's what it is right. here. That's just he's going to take over the world. Like. Right. <laughs> uh, and as you'll see, people are, are okay with it. We'll yeah, get to that. They're kind of down. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's Article 5. Article 6 is called Confrontation. <laughs> and again, the uh, it's, it starts with, again, like it starts with a bang. May 2014, three years after Brenda's graduation and the move out to California of the troika of Brenda, John, and James, and just two years before the, quote, capital D day. But specifying which day is D day here, because I feel like Brenda had a whole lot of D days before this happened. <laughs> it's a hard thing to really pin down. So that's <laughs> that's, that's sloppy sure. work here on, on Charles Kim's part. <laughs> Uh, so apparently this is, I, I, are we, we're beaming forward here? Cause they just graduated, right? The book started with saying anything after 2016 is, is history, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, then it says, I guess they graduated in May of 2011. Um, and then, okay. so yeah, this is moving so forward is three, years, three years, but it's still the past. Right. Yes. <laughs> of course. Miss O'Hara has not, it's still two years away. I think at this point in time. Yes. So this is where John establish yeah, John establishes ultra shortwave one and two. Okay. <laughs> Brenda has killing energy through an electromagnetic waveform. Okay. And then James does the dark matter. Got it. How this is all works and what it means, we kind of get to sort of, maybe. But yeah. uh but before that we get this is uh one of those of courses that I love. <laughs> Of course, Brenda's prime target for her research had openly and publicly been focused on the formula of controlling molecular function for diabetes and cancer. <laughs> I mean, duh! I, uh, why did you even waste the time saying it? <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, yeah, so I guess they—they they, if you're developing this this killing power that can destroy. Uh, heart and lung cells in three minutes which is a very funny period of time to specify um they probably have set that up as being like oh we'll use it as like a new chemotherapy to destroy cancer cells or something i think that's you know what he's hoping you'll take away from that (laughs) uh and they not only did that though they this is where it gets into the specifics of uh crystal glass okay so so mr kim makes an appearance again <laughs> the new optic material enhanced the degree of brilliance of leaded crystal glass from 1.6 to 2.4 for its index of refraction yeah. uh is, the, the index of refraction for regular glass 1.4 the one of ordinary leaded crystal 1.6 so that's so is is that good, sir? That's you're gonna, you're gonna well put it in, put it in terms of business. Nailed it almost twenty million dollars net profit yearly before taxes. <laughs> and then there's a whole paragraph of round numbers of their finances. So right. So this is we're talking. You know the the costume jewelry man. So like I mean I assume that if you've you know worked for decades and established yourself in that industry, you might be you know eking out a, a comfortable living. But like is that is that really something that you're going to be you, you know earning? 
thirty million dollars to like establish like research institution type of money? Like, I, 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 I guess so. But it's it, if if it if the self insert is depending on you just saying whatever my business is can get you insanely rich. It's very funny to. <laughs> yes. I'm going to question it. Is what I'm saying. Like, is that is that really, um, you know, <laughs> investment banker style income in that industry? <laughs> right. Um, but this is another sort of, of course, it sort of talks about like, they have like, uh, bank like vaults and, uh, things put in to prevent electronic eavesdropping in their labs. Yeah. Pewter panels. Yes. (laughs) Which I guess maybe he had some, you know, some, some costume jewelry, like the factory seconds that he could melt down and make those panels with or something. Sure. It says because of the Troika's cover story. People around the Troika never imagined that they could be involved in any part of the super constitution. <laughs> but does, it, does that imply that, like, there are some people out there that, that do suspect being involved in the super constitution or that they're even making a super constitution in the first place? Like, you know, no, no one's coming to work thinking like, ah, like, this has got to be a super constitution. And then that person disappears mysteriously or something like that. Right. That's their assumption. <laughs> Well, it is like the any time you watch, it's just funny that this they're clearly like Bond villains, obviously, but they just uh, go about their work, you know, like just post grad students. <laughs> and it always made you wonder when you watch a Bond movie, and there are you know they have a huge underground lair. The questions arise: like, does the guy who's making you know like thirty seven thousand dollars a year does he not just blow the whistle on the whole thing i i I can make a better living you know going to your enemies of which there are many and it's just funny that there's an entire laboratory they're all working on a super constitution (laughs) none of them are aware of it yeah hey we're just trying to cure cancer here do we really need these pewter anti uh electronic eye panels installed like hey what happened to the guy who questioned that how he surfaced in the river yesterday Why are you guys always huddling together quietly talking about articles? (laughs) (laughs) But it says, therefore, nobody could imagine at the current pace of popular science in the modern world that the modern technology could create the super technology enough to create the super constitution. (laughs) 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 And even if so, even if they were like, it seems like we're working on some really like, you know, super villain kind of stuff here. Uh, You you might just think, oh, they're going to try to take over the world. Super villains try to take over the world they don't establish a super constitution you know they're just like my, what i say is law they're not like drafting right. these articles it's a, <laughs> so yeah you probably wouldn't assume that i think if you were just one of these people working there oh yeah that's true wow okay so you have the power to kill the entire globe what are you going to do you're making a super constitution yeah you're yeah, you're 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 establishing weirdly specific term limits on your representatives we get it's to like that. if someone, you know, you learn that someone, you can become invisible. Oh, so you're just breaking into bank vaults and taking money. No, you're <laughs> yes. you're going around looking at people eating breakfast. What, what are you yeah. doing? Come on now. <laughs> uh, it, it gives some more specifics, uh, which I think is just worth, you know, establishing what they're able to do. They're, they're able to use electronic, electromagnetic waves to find anyone in the world based on their DNA fingerprint. Um, which is, I think, something that they just are going to use later with the killing way, uh, ray. That's wave one, which can do that. Wave two uh, established audiovisual techniques in order to conduct communications with the spot wave one locates so the Troika could conduct business with any person in the world without revealing the Troika's identity, which sounds like they're going to invent the blockchain here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which, I, you know, maybe, I don't know. The, 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 Column A, column B in terms of which is worse. <laughs> right. Super Constitution or uh, crypto. 
So they essentially they they can just like speak to people in a room as as we saw with Miss O'Hara mm-hmm. uh, without uh, the person. I assume the person thinks it's a toy anytime they get talked to. <laughs> yes, right. Okay, so they, a, they that's wave two. There's a lot of that going around their lab, which is uh, based in Joshua Tree uh, National Park. Uh, no, I'm sorry, it's in California, but their their testing ground is going to be in Joshua Tree. Well, they decide that that's the best place to, I guess, plant the killing wave. Yeah. Did you, did you understand that part of it? Well, they're yeah, they have some sort of device they need to hook up, which is, you know, uh, going to be, uh, yeah, the, is it the killing wave that emits there? Um, uh, it, it's in, composed of an antennary stem and a honeycomb-like button on a branch of one of the Joshua trees. Oh, sure, that's a killing wave. That's That checks. Yeah. <laughs> and it says their hookup looked like part of the Joshua tree. Nobody could notice it. <laughs> John tightly braced a node of the hookup as a part of the tree, which would stay and stand there, even though the tree would fall by a storm. Okay. Joshua Tree would never fall by any storm because the tree was stocky, solid, and so stabilized. So it's, they've, they've braced it so that it would survive any storm. Completely unnecessary because Joshua Trees will never fall by a storm. <laughs> and also, you have to step back and you go, um, so they, they're at the gate of Joshua Tree and they're <laughs> driving their... White van in, yeah. stuffed with antennary and uh, killing waves, and the Honey guard combs, making yeah. minimum wage is going, uh, yeah, just need to look in the back. And oh, you, yeah, you can't bring that. <laughs> yes, you're, you're under arrest. <laughs> but yeah, they, so I would personally, I would, I would choose, you know, a more like uh, backcountry wilderness, not probably one of the top 10 most popular national parks in the country uh, as a place to, to provide this. But uh, uh, sure, go ahead and try to find a tree that won't fall down in a storm, uh, then, Mister Smarty Pants. There we go. And all, <laughs> all Joshua trees are obviously located only within the Joshua Tree Park, so that's yes. that's checkmate. <laughs> well, it's time to get into some very serious stuff here. Um, oh boy! <laughs> uh, it it sort of backtracks from their setup, from their science talk, and we get this paragraph: the modern scientific age symbolizes a fast track of the high-tech, which provides an easy access to a sophisticated, dangerous mass destruction or mass killing. If a lone scientist or a singular evil genius, sickened by some strike of schizophrenia or severe pathological symptoms, that somebody could launch treacherous actions by igniting a suitcase with nuclear bomb or diffusing biochemical weapons, the evil mind or crazy science nerd... (laughs) can easily trigger the most harmful weapons in hiding. <laughs> so science nerd is hyphenated there. So it's a, uh, it's a term. And- so one of those, um, someone with a, a Pokemon t-shirt on and big fake glasses <laughs> yeah. who's super hot. And like, yeah. I don't know, I guess I'm just a science nerd. Like, stand back. <laughs> she's got a suitcase bomb. Yes, she's going to bring down our city. <laughs> but here we go. And I've got right. yep. to ask you a question, Mike. Sure. On that grim morning of of September eleventh, two thousand one, what yeah. what were so? I mean, just you don't have to get super personal, but what, what you know, what what are your thoughts when you think back on that day? Um, it's just you know a, a horrible, horrible. I mean, it morning. was just, like, just started early with a phone call from a friend. Mm-hmm. Like, are you up? Yes. Yeah, are you watching this? Like, you need to watch right now. Yeah, uh, I don't know what's going on. I was like, got the chills, yep. uh, dread. 
the day, as everyone remembers, was absolutely perfect across the entire country. Like there was not a cloud in the sky. It was eerie. Mm-hmm. And, and it, was, uh, and it had the sense that everything unfolded. was changed going forward. You know, you, you tried to get in touch with loved ones, but the phone lines were busy. It was, yeah, it was, it just was a, a slow motion nightmare, obviously. I noticed you didn't compare it to any legumes there, though. What is the, uh, that seems like an omission on your part. I did not. So <laughs> if I were to do it, how might I do that? The terrorist attacks on September 11th, 2000. This is the next sentence after the crazy science nerd. The terrorist attacks on September 11th, 2001 on prosperous and free America were only a peanut compared with this catastrophe on October 12th, 2015. <laughs> I don't know that survivors or relatives of the victim would appreciate that, but... Uh... And I like, I just noticed this now, but he just, he so he took September 11th and he just went one up on the month and the day to make it October 12th. <laughs> yes. It's one louder. <laughs> yes. But uh, we get a, a big a big deal. It says a, a nuclear bomb set off in Rome, parentheses, Roma. <laughs> a person in hiding claimed this. The crazy somebody declared through the Wall Street Journal and New York Times that he had planted similar suitcases of nuclear bombs in Moscow, Beijing, and Washington, D.C. He had demanded the unconditional surrender of the U.S., Russia, and China to his request if uh, if any country would not follow his request, he would detonate the other nuclear bombs. So he's really got in his head that like uh, the preferred method for delivering a nuclear bomb is a suitcase. <laughs> he is fully on board with that. So we don't know yet because this person is uh, a hidden person, a person in hiding. Mm-hmm. What is the strange thing? Uh, the crazy somebody. He, I think he might continue to use one of those terms yeah. hidden person or crazy i can't remember the what crazy somebody yeah <laughs> crazy somebody <laughs> so we don't know science nerd or evil genius yes we i don't know that we ever find out but he has nuked rome <laughs> yeah he has set up a, a nuclear bomb in rome and so you know as bad as um as, as 9-11 was like he's nuked a country that you know of, of millions of people so this is undoubtedly like the 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 most catastrophic act in in history that anyone has been alive for right like a yeah for a, sure a, nothing even close tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of people have died it was not an act of war it was just pure one crazy somebody's terrorism yeah i mean i guess you could talk about black plagues and stuff like that wiping out you know like 35 percent of europe or pro- probably even more than that. sure but if someone had 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 caused the black plague you know if someone had been like i'm unleashing this on on all of europe in the whatever 14 yes exactly no this is the easily the worst you know single person terrorist act in all of his nothing even close so let's how let's let's get into how some how the world sort of reacts to this okay uh, essentially he wants he wants uh the countries to wipe out their nuclear arsenals and he says um he says, reduce the size of their defenses, and they want should build a special institute that is 1% of each country's annual budget, and then representatives from Germany, Germany, France, India, Japan, South Korea will organize this special institute. And so it's a weird um, request, but uh, it says, these demands dropped a shocking bombshell on the world, especially to the targeted three nations and their capitals. Uh, people literally wondered, People will truly be amused. <laughs> so you're sitting at home, and like I'm, you know, I'm uh, about uh, 30 miles from DC. So you, 
you know, there's a chance that that could affect me. Uh, so I'd be sitting there um, wondering, you know, if my loved ones would die, if there would be happening any time. I'm feeling just kind of bemused there. <laughs> yeah, if you, if this were the 50s and uh, you were behind your newspaper, you know, and the coffee cup clanked every now and then, and then, like, uh, your wife came in and was like, Honey, did you hear about they, they nuked Roma? Huh? Rome. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry they sorry, nuked yes. Rome. <laughs> And uh, he's threatening to uh, to nuke uh, three cities. One of them's very close to us. Uh huh. Yeah, I read about that. <laughs> uh, you seem bemused. Yes. <laughs> and that, while it keeps going, the development of these demands became a big global agenda. You don't say a giant social topic, a pain in the neck to some people. To <laughs> some, <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, I mean, I guess if you're in like, uh, you know. Austin, Texas, you might not be concerned about, uh, you know, the, the nu- nukes aren't probably going to waft over to you, maybe. I guess, uh, you know, some people it was a pain in the neck to, uh, to you know, dealers in costume jewelry. It was like, <laughs> well, you know, at, at hard times, demand actually goes up. It's a weird thing. So I'm good. <laughs> but, and this, this, this topic sort of keeps going. It says the three nations, presidents and national security teams teamed with meetings and meetings Finally, the subject had been focused on how to meet the demand, and it just sort of keeps going. Like the nukes, the suitcases and nukes just sort of sit there. And at some point in time, it says the special or institute began to be organized. The operating personnel had been selected in six months as demanded. So the the the, the FBI, you know, the uh, the 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 KGB, the Chinese intelligence, they've they've not rooted out these suitcases in these six months like <laughs> he's he's still just sitting there with his finger on the trigger the crazy somebody uh, the crazy the crazy somebody <laughs> uh the man in hiding yes furthermore the man in hiding had by then realized that the modern eavesdropping facilities could pinpoint his whereabouts if he continued communicating over a length of time <laughs> which he was this is six months in after he evaporated uh how many humans live in rome i don't three million i looked it up okay he felt his power to dictate falling away repeatedly hesitated and ducked from the act of communication (laughs) so what is that like he's extorting the countries of the world they've developed they're doing what he said (laughs) yes they developed the institute but then he's like uh and then you know the security teams of all the countries are going I haven't heard from the man in hiding recently. Are, are we still? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, should we disband the uh, thing that's uh, reorganizing all of our countries? I, I mean, I don't see any reason to do that. I'm sure he's still he's just, still out he's there. He's ghosting me, man. I don't know. Maybe he got really into <laughs> Animal Crossing or something. He's just. Uh... <laughs> it says he lost his spirit to move forward, which is, you know, you hate to see anyone lose interest in a hobby, even if they uh, nuked Rome. Which warrants the the sentence that says he nuked Rome, and then it says his bold action of nuclear bombing in Rome and the decisive demands on organizing the special institute stunned people's minds. So that's really the only mention that gets, which, you know, in any normal book would be the book. Like, <laughs> But this is not a character that, as far as you know, we can tell now, that we're ever going to hear from again. No, and, and here's how he fades away in one of my favorite uh, sentences ever in, in bookdom. Uh, the powers, the superpowers asked him where he planted the suitcases of nuclear bombs. Mm-hmm. The man at large gave in 
and disappeared forever from the public. In this way, one crazy man's incident rocketed into the sky and dropped as a stick. <laughs> Holy shit. Rome, you guys so, okay? Sorry, Rome, parentheses, Roma. That's, uh, that's sort of a glib way to put that. Uh, there's Pulitzer uh, Prize winning photographs of, you know, someone's shadow, you know, being like, you know, etched onto the Parthenon or something. And uh, like, yeah, just guys, some guy had a bad day. You know, that, that lunatic, he rocketed into the sky and dropped as a stick, which I think is, you know, he's sort of like a bottle rocket, you know, like that type of uh, like. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, you know, other people who are admiring of his work may say that guy's, you know, that guy's a hero. But maybe this is just Charles Kim's way of taunting the guy because he's out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so he's he's angry. Like, I didn't just drop as a stick. I nuked Roma. Like, <laughs> I think it was pretty successful. <laughs> right. Yeah, no kidding. Imagine how much press uh, still, you know, 40 or 50 years later, D.B. Cooper still gets. And all God. he did was hijack, a, you know, a, a tiny plane and got yes. away with some money. This guy nuked a major world capital, and uh, just is going about his day for the rest of his life. I was never heard from again. Imagine how many terrible true crime podcasts are starting based on this. Yeah, Re- eh, who knows? Reddit's identified, you know, an uh, innocent school teacher. They've ruined his life, like, as a potential suspect. Yeah, somebody going like, holy cow, you see that guy over there? I think that may be the guy who nuked Rome. Like, eh. Aren't we done with that? That guy yeah. dropped like a stick. I mean, come on. <laughs> and then as you're reading this, it's like, okay, so like, you know, is it going to, you know, it pulls back and, you know, James takes off the fake mustache and it's like, ah, oh, it was the sea lion all along. The unbelievable confrontation shocked the world. This crazy confrontation, <laughs> again, kind of glib, paved a way for the Troika's confrontation with the superpowers in terms of seriousness of the super constitution. And that's where it clicked for me that this guy wasn't related and they never caught him. It's just a, uh, he sort of is the kind of guy that like, um, you know, a uh, hundred people bought the Velvet Underground's album, but all of them started a band. So like that's, he's just sort of the uh, the influence they're all citing in their, in their bios for other people who want to unite the world's government. Um, and so when they do the super constitution, which is coming up, which is the same as this guy's, yeah. the, no one goes, does that, does this sound familiar at all? Like, did, right. did we, uh, <laughs> did we already start Oregon? <laughs> yes, we did. That's right. Now that you mentioned We've it, We've laid Jerry. the groundwork. But they came up with this at Brown University three years prior. Um, and it's unrelated. Yes. And so were, were they like watching this as, you know, Rome is burning and, you know, the UN missions of relief are coming in there to do that? Are they sitting there being like, hey, this, this guy's manifesto seemed really similar to ours are we on the right path here like are we are we the baddies in this situation yeah uh i don't know i mean even a stopped clock right i mean <laughs> it would be like you know they when the when the washington post published kaczynski's uh manifesto if you had been like sitting at home and you know your wife was like you know hey like they just published something. This is sort of similar to what you've been saying. You'd be like, oh, my God, I've <laughs> I got to scrap this. No one can ever see this. But they're like, hey, all right, let's move forward. Super C. And uh, I guess the phrase, you know, the man in hiding had some good ideas. Let's not <laughs> right. Let's not immediately. You don't, you don't say, condemn someone. They say that unironically. 
They were just there. They like he did move yes. forward. He just didn't go far enough. Right. <laughs> oh. So now we get into the meat of it. I I think we're getting the Constitution now. Yes. Um, we get the articles. Yes. Uh, and they do lay it out pretty specifically. And it seems weird to say this in the book Super Constitution, but it's it's sort of hard to focus on the specifics of the Super Constitution. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> and it's, uh, as we said when we started this book, like, you know, we're going from, you know, octopus vaginas <laughs> to uh, actual articles of incorporation of a constitution, right. just like written out as as you would, you know, reading a... If you've ever tried to slog through like a bill, like the Congress, we're going to publish this bill. Well, I'm going to read it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I cannot get through Article One. Uh, that's that's what this is like. Yeah. But it starts with so it says uh, the Troika came up with the following terms: one, the purpose of the Constitution; two, the contents of the Constitution; <laughs> one, the purpose of the Constitution. Tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them, and then tell them what you told them. So I think that this is the actual meat of the Constitution when it starts. Like, this is the preamble is, why do we live on this earth? <laughs> right? Where are we from? <laughs> and where are we heading? Wow. Really rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Who's uh, Every kid is going to quote that. Yeah, exactly. Um, there is, from here on out. <laughs> that's the... Uh, there was a McDonald's commercial, I remember, three decades ago that was them trying to memorize the preamble and just sort of like wrapping it out as they eat their cheeseburgers and drink their milkshakes. And so this is, uh, in this world, this is going to be the, uh, what McDonald's makes a commercial about in 10 years. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> but so I don't, I don't think I have a lot of notes. It's just, there's, there's it, some, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but it has, it has, it has some gems. So this is, <laughs> this is in the preamble to the super constitution. And again, you could probably read this with a stoner's voice. You know, why do we, why do we live on this earth? Where are we from, man? Where are we <laughs> heading? But, uh, so again, I, I want to read you some sentences that are in the preamble to the super constitution. Sure. <laughs> Nobody should force anyone how to interpret or how to define personal happiness. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody should be governed or controlled. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, in the super constitution <laughs> right so the so the super constitution ends right there obviously then right it's yeah. <laughs> it goes on for pages and pages and paragraphs of uh you know laying out insane governing and controlling stipulations uh, uh, talking exactly about how everyone will behave or the killing ray <laughs> When you put it that way, uh, but it, it really is at, at times it's, you know, at times it's incomprehensible, but it also alternates with like, uh, what a ninth grader when the, when the civics class is like form a utopia. And then the teacher will, you know, critique be like, ah, oh, well this didn't work when Mao tried to do it, et cetera. Um, as long as that freedom and happiness would not disturb anybody physically or mentally, that freedom or happiness shouldn't be disturbed. Like, all right, ninth graders, like, you've done it. You've created a, a society where, like, you know, everyone's going to be happy as long as you're not infringing on anybody else. There's a ton of that in here of just the most vague, you know, where if you add another, okay, so what if I think 
I'm happy to go around killing everyone. Right. <laughs> well, you've... Uh, oh, man. Because that's what you guys are doing. You're threatening to kill everyone. Right. Like, well, uh, God, you got me. <laughs> and it really gets into the, to the meat of it, like sentences like, the absolute majority of people suffer from the confinement of our society by the pressures of chauvinism, dogma, empty ethics, and geopolitics. Hey, was all that sweaty banging in chapter two really necessary? Because it seems like that didn't, if you're talking about a super constitution, maybe you could have just like published this on your GeoCities page or something, man. (laughs) Therefore, we have to verify if we have a distinct reason to declare that the content of the super constitution serves the purpose. Uh, The purpose has to indicate the direction. The purpose should clarify meaningfulness. The purpose must gather consensus. The purpose equals the whole contents. The whole contents must satisfy the purpose. Accordingly, (laughs) the purpose is to be set clearly, simply, and firmly. (laughs) Yes, that's what you just laid out for us. A clear and simple purpose there. I think everyone is nodding in agreement. I don't think there's any questions. <laughs> uh, so keep in mind, no one should be what? No one should be governed or told what to do or have his freedom mm-hmm. impinged in any way. Sure, that's the uh, that's the, the, the linchpin of the whole thing. Okay. Uh, paragraph 1-8, global language. There must be a single official global language. <laughs> all the nations in the world must use local language together with the global language on all official announcements and papers. But after five years, no local language is going to be allowed. <laughs> so that's, that's truly where it, I just, you know, my note was just like 18 ha's in a row for how funny that is. My God. <laughs> so as part of their, as part of their super constitution, they're essentially like, you know, inventing Esperanto. As Esperanto, a- you will speak it. Speak it! <laughs> they've also, they've, and yeah, I don't think it specifies what it is, but I, you know, I assume it, since the book is written in English and that's what the three killing ray killing ray creators speak they're probably they're not going to learn a second one although i do it does it does reveal that they are they all are fluent in a second language i believe at some point in time uh yes um uh, but russian german and german but it's not going to be one of those because china two wouldn't speak it (laughs) right right right. uh there was there was also um the uh the global institute uh, of the world's intelligence network manages the job of information gatherings without any restrictions with president's warrant or in order to find out any breed of major fraudulent actions, processes, and sources. What could go wrong? But I guess if you have a, <laughs> a killing ray, you've got that. It says, uh, uh, where it is? Oh, yeah. The uh, the Global Serv- Social Service Department will oversee all nations' social welfare work and uphold the basic standard of general ethics and beliefs. <laughs> Which so, we all share. Yeah, exactly. So just imagine imagine the, the amount of vitriol in the past, you know, 50 years that's been spewed over whether, like, a school library should carry a Judy Bloom book, you know? <laughs> yeah. Expand that out to just across the world. We're going to uphold one standard of general ethics and beliefs. So, like... Hey, you know, village in Central African Republic that hasn't had water for a decade. Like, by the way, this is now how uh, how how we're governing you. <laughs> yes, and, and I I hope you're speaking Esperanto yes. when you answer me. Uh, and so all of this again, killing Ray pointed at your head. You will do this. Uh, the legislature will be composed of an upper house, about three hundred members, and lower house, about six hundred and fifty <laughs> members. <laughs> um. 
If it's 651, okay? Just, oh, God, killing Ray, I'm dead. <laughs> uh, all right, tell my wife I love her in three minutes. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's you're it's it's impossible to read like it says you know uh, the attorney general appoints all the prosecuting attorneys with the endorsement like you said it's a a a congress bill that you would fall asleep immediately um how are you going to be conveying this to the (laughs) to the people in these uh other countries that you know don't speak your language or you know don't have the same level of education that you're you're now implementing this and the punishment is death in three minutes if they don't (laughs) abide by it (laughs) seems pretty simple uh and this is straightforward. The members of the lower house of the global legislature must have a national certificate or such as PhD, lawyer, medical doctor, CPA. Oh, all right. College professor, scientist, successful businessman, <laughs> theologian, and national or global medal holder. They should have not only professional knowledge in their field, but also have a reputation of upright behavior. Wow. Uh, so I think you've defined that pretty clearly. No further questions. <laughs> yes, exactly. Let's ratify this. And also, they got to be super hot because, I mean, come on. Yes. I mean, what are we, what else are we doing? AF. <laughs> yes. We'll be doing inspections for octopus uh, uh, suction cups as well. <laughs> uh, uh, it also says that a uh, the uh, in the legal section, it says, all the laws must be simplified as far as possible in order to eliminate complicated or redundant litigation. Off to a great start here. And it says the the global courts will manage most of legal disputes. So, like, if my neighbor's hedge is growing over my property line and I trim it, he will take me to global court then to man- to oversee <laughs> that. Uh, it's like, really? There's not, like, a small claims thing that's down the street we can go to? All right, fine. I guess we'll be off to the Hague. <laughs> and uh, of that court, the Supreme Judge's serving term is a lifetime. <laughs> Those, that never goes wrong either. Right, yeah. <laughs> I <am> the Supreme <laughs> Judge. <laughs> yes. They do toss around words like that that make it sound quite uh, quite, quite evil. But then again, you do have a death ray that's uh, able to end any of those lifetime appointments in three minutes. So That's true, but and yeah. they're in control of it. It gets into yeah. term limits. It's like, this is a four-year thing. The Supreme Judge serving term is a lifetime. But then it's four-year term, but you can only serve three of them in a row. So they've really thought this through, you know? Well, did they just, were they cribbing this all from the man in hiding? <laughs> That's a good question, yeah. Maybe they've uh, they've used uh, wave, st- wave Style 1 to locate his DNA, and they're then uh, just sort of like getting him as their, um, you know, hasn't that happened? Like uh, David, uh, Johnny Carson was calling in jokes for David Letterman type of thing. Maybe they're they're just like, you know, admire him so much that they're like letting him advise on this. That could be, yeah, the secret advisor. That is true. If they can locate anyone, uh, it, I'm sure if they were curious, then they would. Like, no, I don't don't use that to just locate the man in hiding. I mean, this is for our super constitution. Like, oh, don't you just want to peek? I mean, you want to find out who blew up Rome? Right, yeah. Come on. I want to see if he looks like he does in my head. Like, oh, really? He's got a goatee? Interesting. Oh, I, never... I thought he was, like, going to be a kind of a fat guy. <laughs> Oh, here's another good one. Uh, paragraph 26, because this is all laid out like a constitution. It's like 2526. Paragraph 26, strict application of law. The global courts will use the least leniency and the harshest punishment to the criminals in order to make the world safe. If you want to make the world safe, maybe track down the man in hiding. That's just a, another thought of mine. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, was it really a crime? I, you know, in the long run, he he was good intentions, right? <laughs> 
and to make sure the honest, creative, and hardworking people get the appropriate reward. Hard for me to imagine that anyone's not going to be hardworking when the you know the threat of not working hard is death in three minutes. So, but I don't know. <laughs> Your DNA melted by a ray from a Joshua tree. <laughs> I'm guessing that they're that that striking creative out of there is probably going to be one of the first things they do when they get to revising. <laughs> right. Uh, well, there. I don't have any more notes. Nope, on I have the, nothing uh, else left. It does have. Uh, it has three sections, and um, I think each of them has ten articles. So you have thirty articles that you know are all things like appointment of judges, legal writings, election of presidents. Global language, uh, field judges, uh, investigative qualification, opinion research. It's all that sort of stuff. And it really lays it all out there. So if you want to, uh, I don't know, if you want to read the Super Constitution, that's your time there. But I think we covered the funny stuff. Don't skip over the the, uh, election of the chairperson. That's a riveting, (laughs) riveting reading. So, all right. Um, That's that's Article 6. We can move on to Article 7, Killing Power. But I think we should do some fanfic before. Enough of what the what the what the word fiction. Autobahn a ride a ride up on some fan fiction. Yeah, I'm living out my life. I'm living out my intermission. Wow, it sounds different this week. I don't know what happened. <laughs> kind of, kind of does. Yeah, turns out that things, uh, things Spotify flags you if you use a song, ten seconds of a song in your podcast. That Whoops. Huh. Um. So. That was this week. I'll try to come up with uh, maybe a pocket operator version for the uh, going forward. But uh, yeah, sounds great. RAP fanfic drop. You were you were your service was appreciated. Twenty one uh, books, baby. When I'm writing my constitution, the fair use uh, doctrine is going to be codified as uh, Article One. Uh, I've got a problem with. Oh, there's a killing ray pointed out <laughs> my head. I have no problem with that. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yes, let's do some uh, real or fanfic. Are you ready for this one? I am. I have, uh, this is a very special moment. I have in my hand a pencil given to me by listener and uh, Rift Tracks VIP Mike. Wow. Who I met down in Nashville. I think everyone knew we were down there doing a live show. Met him and he handed me a gift and it was a bunch of pencils. He's like a pencil collector. And uh, this is great because he knew I was out. And so I'm feeling good about my fanfic possibilities because I'm holding the Ben Franklin 500 number two pencil. Wow. By Mike. So thank you, Mike. That sounds legit. Yes. Mike so. also gave me the uh, Sheriff of 64 Square Sheriff badge at a yes. VIP event last year, I believe. That's right. And he also, he was in Minneapolis and he, he videotaped the the live show. So that's on Patreon. Um, yeah. So <laughs> super fan. Um we had nice VIPs at the event. It was great. I encountered the couple that originally recommended Model Land. Mm-hmm. They were like, uh, yeah, I mean, we were here like three years ago, and we were, I remember recommending Model Land to you. Like, you know, you, you should get around to that someday. And I'm like, we did it! They, had, they like fell off listening to the podcast, but they are going to be looped back in now. And then we met, yeah. another, uh, I met another couple who I was talking to them, and they were like, yeah, like we, have, we always sort of just consider you the Brad Pitt of Riff Tracks. And I was like, well, oh, well, nice. well. Yeah. And they go, yeah, because like on the, on the live streams you do, you're always eating and drinking. <laughs> <laughs> like he does in Ocean's Eleven, Brad Pitt's <laughs> character is always eating nachos or, you know, drinking iced tea or something. I'm like, wow, that is, I will, I will for, my, uh, for my cover blurb, I will then ellipses that one out and not include the second half of the statement. Connor, uh. Puffs up, starts rocking back and forth on his heels. Yes, that's how I think of myself as Sean, well. Sean, get over here. You got to hear this. 
Because they're always stuffing crap into your face. <laughs> it's We do it at my dinner time. So, I mean, what are you going to do? I appreciate yeah. it, though, no matter what. I'm glad they're watching in the first place. All right, yes. you've got a lucky pencil. We have five segments here that okay. are either going to be fanfic written by our listeners, many of them Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash 372 pages, uh, or real segments of Super Constitution from later in the book. They could mm-hmm. be all fanfic, they could be all real, or a combination of the two. Yep. Uh, here's number one. Mankind throughout known history was instructed the uppermost rectitude is to provide as opposed to accomplish. (laughs) Nobody, however, may bestow things not of his own formulation. Dispensation must necessarily follow from formulation or else the means to incept will be felt only in their absence. (laughs) All was made clear by James's concise utterance. Brenda (laughs) nodded in curt accord. Clear as summer's day, the originator's need must supersede a recipient, despite fact that our institutions will moon over middlemen who profit from produce they themselves never formulated. Often we na- lavish praise less on fulfillment than endowment. James nodded. Uh, I think that is brilliant fanfic. Okay. I, it really makes me laugh, but I think it's fanfic. Uh, number two. Radiation sickness is damage to the body cells caused by large dose of radiation often received over a short period of time, parentheses, acute. The amount of radiation absorbed by the cell molecular biology, the absorbed dose, determines how sick the cell molecular biology becomes. Radiation sickness is also called acute radiation syndrome or radiation poisoning. Radiation sickness is not caused by common electromagnetic wave tests that use low-dose wave 1 radiation such as x-ray scans or gamma. Although radiation sickness is serious and often fatal to the molecular biology of cells across all the planet, it's rare. Since the atomic bombings of Hiroshima, parentheses Japan, and Nagasaki, parentheses Japan, during World War II, most causes of radiation sickness, parentheses syndrome or poisoning, have occurred from nuclear ac- industrial accidents such as the 1986 explosion and fire that damaged the nuclear power plant at Ukraine, parentheses Chernobyl, Brenda exclaimed. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy that people are picking up on these things. I think that is fanfic as well. All right. Uh, number three. One of the top technocrats invited to the Kremlin talked it over with one of his peers. Hey, I watched a replay of her appearance at the UN the other day more than a dozen times. She is a beautiful Caucasian with blue eyes, very attractive lady, and very sexy wood nymph or naiad. Why do you refer to her through forest or river? Well, I think forest or river symbolizes mystic origins of fairy tales. Look, Miss O'Hara might not be a lady, just disguising herself as a... Just, sorry. Look, Miss O'Hara might not be a lady, just disguising himself as a lady. Miss O'Hara could be a puppet. I am still really curious about the existence behind the scenes. Maybe you are right. Nonetheless, today's occasion casts raptures. The occasion could have a lot of spinoffs. I hope we derive some entrancing offsprings from today's event. Well, after all, I hope a pleasant upshot, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this this is where it gets hard. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'll say that's real. Okay. The wood nymph stuff. <laughs> Which was mentioned earlier in the, in the first book, was it? Or, uh, I think no. they, I think they called her some sort of, oh, a fawn or no, a satyr. Oh, you were talking about the guys. You need a satyr yes, to yes. satisfy your <laughs> octopus tentacles. Uh, number four. Elsewhere, one guy talked to his buddy while sipping whiskey at his neighbor's bar. Tom, what do you think about August 15th? I am sure a great marvelous thing is going to happen. 
I'd like to experience a complete change of the world order. Maybe a change could go, but Tom, I don't think utopia can happen as Miss O'Hara wants. Bob, I think utopia can happen. Human beings are political animals. Politics resembles an organism. Politics composes, after all, a group of interdependent people sharing same purpose or idea for life processes. Animals stand for living things, which fear of death the most. Animals know most clearly what the death remarks. Animals have the most sensitive instinct on their death. Therefore, Miss O'Hara's absolute technology to annihilate any living thing, anytime, anywhere, would dispatch her order at full gallop. Tom, your syllogism sounds likely. <laughs> Tom and Bob? Tom and Bob, yes. It sounds very much like the, you know, like the, the, the Washington Post columnist, like, I hopped in a cab and talked to a guy. I don't like this new tax bill. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah, going to a diner Did in Nebraska that really or happen? something. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, boy, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very torn, but I'm going to throw caution to the wind and say that's real. All right. And number five. President Kirkman looked out upon his presidential cabinet and began to formulate the words in his mouth which began in his brain as an idea. The sound undulated out of his moist lips, touching each and every cabinet member. Brenda Chen listened to him, knowing already what he was going to say by the rigorous exercise of her thinking muscle. She smiled placidly at him and said, George, please go on. The president of Earth began his speech. Ladies and gentlemen of the cabinet, members of the super constitution, we are at a time or crisis. We have succeeded thus far in the practice of our endeavor. We have achieved one world government carried out under one world constitution. We have split up large countries of vast military power and intelligence. The killing power has unbridled potential to make peace throughout the world by its awesome killing power. Nothing is impossible in our bang-up job. <laughs> well, I hope that's fanfic, so I'm going to say it's fanfic. All right. Okay. Well, the Ben Franklin pencil. Didn't pencil. Help. Well, Number one, this was uh, mankind throughout history was instructed to the uttermost rectitude. Rectitude. James, James concise utterance, Brenda nodding in curt accord. <laughs> uh, word salad, you said fanfic. That was fanfic. Okay. Written by Jens. Yeah, very nice. Number two, the lengthy description of radiation sickness, as well as Hiroshima, parentheses Japan, and Nagasaki's, parentheses Japan. Uh, you said fanfic for that. That was fanfic written by Hayden. Woo! All right. He said it was taken from the Mayo Clinic page on radiation poisoning and run through Google Translate into Korean and then back into English, <laughs> which is a trick that several people tried. So I only only picked one of those. Uh, number three, uh, top technocrats at the Kremlin talking it over and calling her a uh, calling Miss O'Hara a wood nymph or naiad. Uh, you said real for that one. That was real. All right. Uh, at least I have three right. Okay. Written by, uh, submitted by Ross and Craig. Multiple people sent that one in. And did I say the last one was by Hayden? I think I did. Uh, yes. n- number four, uh, Tom and Bob talking it over <laughs> while sipping whiskey at the neighbor's bar. You said, real. That one is real. Well, I'm four Sub- for five. Submitted by Craig. And then the last one, President Kirkman uh, formulating words in his mouth, which began in his brain as an idea, and then undulating them out of his moist lips. <laughs> you said yes. you said fanfic for that. That was fanfic written by Jeff. Five for five, Wait, baby. Yeah, Mike <laughs> the pencil. Wow! Holy cow! So you've been bestowed a uh, a totem here, a, a wonder wow. bat, Roy Hobbs. Holy cow! Lightning bolt on the side of this baby. Yeah, you got to cling Woo. to that like grim death. 
All right, oh, five for man. five. That's impressive, and those were tricky. I think. Oh, I am. Uh, someone just called me Brad Pitt. I think <laughs> that don't impress me much. <laughs> wow. All right. Wow. That's uh, that's good, and also a, a a sign to maybe step up the game. Oh, come on! Don't. <laughs> You've peaked. Oh boy. All right. Well, Article Seven. Article 7, let's do it. Article 7 is titled Killing Power. Um, so this is where they get into <laughs> into what this, uh, how they're going to be able to enforce this new lengthy document they've laid out. We get into a lot of, uh, at this point I realize, okay, Charles Kim, you're starting to repeat yourself. Because now he's drilling down on wave 1 and wave 2. And I'm pretty sure we had already drilled down on these. Yes. Uh, human cells dying in three minutes is repeated. Uh, but now we're really cementing this as a killing power because it was the wave, right? Uh, yes. Well, John's thing was the waves. That's how you find the people. And then I think Brenda's cell disturbing wave is the killing it's, power. It's always been a kill. Yes. Okay. But I think it's sort of going to be like anything. Like it's it all becomes one, you know, like if Brenda's thing is the killing power, if you're using John's wave one and two to locate the people to then kill, I'm just going to call that part of the killing power, you know? Yeah, that's it's really rolled in. It's really a big cigar of yeah. killing. Everything Let's it just... touches is... <laughs> John is not so... going to be standing trial at Nuremberg being like, no, you don't understand. I just invented wave one and wave two to find them. So that's not the killing power, right? <laughs> you surely knew that it was four. I mean, I passed it off to her and what she did with it. I don't know. And have no you idea. seen how hot she is, Your Honor? So, I mean, can you blame me? He just does the, uh, like, uh, you know, raising and lowering his eyebrows while sort of <laughs> side pointing at uh, Brenda. <laughs> uh, in the middle of the description of, I won't read the whole thing, but you'll get the idea here. Is this just jaw dropping? All right, this does this to the ways. It's called the killing power. Okay, I think I'm following. You know, what's going to. When a person <laughs> dies, she or he no longer exists. She will not even know that she was once born. She will not recognize anything in the universe. She cannot function anything for the life or living thing. She will not remember any destination, any favorite, any enemy, and any friend. Nothing exists to a dead man. <laughs> So killing power means nothing to a dead person. And it goes on like that. Yeah. This weird philosophical musings. Again, rip that bong hard and read that out loud and you got it. It's philosophical musings as written by like the Plan 9 aliens or something. Yes. Like, killing power means nothing to a dead person. However, killing power means something supreme to the alive, to the bereaved in this moving human world. <laughs> That's very Plan 9. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't remember their exact quote, but they do. They have. I mean, they have some. Uh, you know, future events such as these will affect you in the future. That type of thing. Yes. <laughs> uh, so then we get this. Uh, I literally have no idea what this means. So okay. help me out here. The killing power must have displayed its awesome mystery of the inexplicable technology. The Troika tried minimization of the suffering, time-consuming, mind-boggling, and antagonism. <laughs> do you, I mean, I think this is important, so I tried to figure out what it meant. <laughs> but I have no idea. They tried something, and obviously it failed. I th it sounds they, like they, they were tried testing, you know. They tried minimization of the suffering, 
time-consuming, mind-boggling, and antagonism. Uh, tell us how it happened. Let's just, so, this is the good stuff. So did they... Did they... They tried to not kill people with the killing ray? Like, <laughs> they tried to minimize the antagonism? The mind-boggling? Yeah. So does the ray boggle one's mind, and then you go like, do I have three minutes to live? I'm not even sure anymore. Uh, it hits you, and then you spend three minutes going... <laughs> and then the person they... The, first few thousand they kill are like this seems pretty antagonistic yeah. <laughs> and they're like we we need to minimize that kind of a dick move brenda not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know what that means but i i think that means that they're testing it and they're trying to make it a nice killing ray uh, uh, well importantly they're trying not to make it a boondoggle because they say oh, yes, they say this they say uh, as usual with any historical moment or movement of human life Humans' historical reality had always been marked with a great deal of mass sacrifice, bloodshed, economic disaster, and a lot of suffering and distraction. Sometimes it was monumental, sometimes a boondoggle. Which one of them does the nuking of Rome fall into? Was that a was that a boondoggle? <laughs> the seventy-two font headline at, uh, on the uh, on the front page of the newspapers like boondoggle in Rome. <laughs> Two million boondoggle dead. rockets up in the sky and falls like stick. <laughs> And then we get this description because it's sort of talking about how the three main governments are trying to integrate this. And it says, the three biggest world powers, the U.S., Russia, and China, are no joke. <laughs> <laughs> the three of us are very happy to hear that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> oh. and, but it talks about, it goes back to Miss O'Hara. It keeps referring to like, you know, Miss O'Hara's... Second vocal appearance for the communication come along three days after the first one, page one. <laughs> page one and two, it talks about when it refers. It's like, we remember. That was a pretty big deal. That's the, that's how you started the book. And then it also says, uh, Miss O'Hara ordered the three presidents to finance, three presidents to finance the commission to decommission all the weapon systems of mass destruction exactly the same way as the man in hiding did on October 12th, 2015, when the man in a fog blasted a suitcase with a nuclear bomb in Rome. Page 82. <laughs> I'm sure the Romans, Romans appreciate that they're, you know, that people might have forgotten that, that that happened in this book because it was it got so much less attention than, you know, the judo competition. If you were, you know, one of the surviving Romans, you're in a suburb of Rome or whatever, and you're reading this and you get to that sentence, you're like, a nuclear bomb in Rome? What? <laughs> right. Page 82, you go back to, oh, right, 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 right. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs> and then this this is something that I had to look up because um, on the uh, OCR that I'm looking at, so there's some typos and stuff, but uh, this, this uh, it just turns out is not a typo. I'm verifying it with the print text. It says, regarding the commencement of the supper constitution. <laughs> oh, come on. In parentheses, super, super constitution. constitution. Yes. So that's, the, uh, that's laying out the, uh, you know, what days of the week you have meatloaf and which times you have chicken pot pie. That's the, uh, the supper constitution. Right. Um, so, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in my new location. I'm looking out my window. There are 23 turkeys wow out there so if anyone wants me to stop and grab a turkey oh. just uh let me know fire up that killing ray and uh, you got thanksgiving uh yes indeed so the, the turkeys uh, are the new crows yes they are uh anyway so did you find yourself just mildly confused by miss o'hara where it was like why didn't you just lay it like he sneaks in miss o'hara again and you're like is it unrelated and then you sort of figure out oh it's 
that's them. Yeah. But it, it's done in a way that seems like any competent writer would use it as a, ha ha, I gotcha. You didn't know who Miss O'Hara was. This one, it just kind of like, all of a sudden you go, oh, it's it's her. It gradually dawns on you. Yeah. Yeah. And it just was so unsatisfying. There might be. In a way that makes you feel slightly stupid, but like, he just didn't make it clear that Miss O'Hara is them uh, and not because it could have been unrelated, right? The guy with the suitcase bomb is unrelated. <laughs> yeah, so far, so yeah, the that's... fact that aliens were also threatening us could have been unrelated, right? And you know, uh, I guess it's a good way. It's a it's a good way to get people to implement it, um, even though they have a killing ray, and that's sort of the <laughs> you don't really need the aliens since you have the killing ray. You know, they're not responding to the aliens um, in terms of being like, oh, like this great wisdom from 21 light years away has told us we need to like change our ways or we're all going to die the alien just says i have a killing ray <laughs> right so, it's just it could have been done where like all supervillains do is like tomorrow i shall show you the awesome power and then you make a building disappear or something you know <laughs> and like now you take me seriously make the super constitution and nobody goes like i don't know until you present as an alien i'm not willing to <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do anything. Right. Uh, but if you whisper to me like a toy, uh, now I'm on board. Yes. I'm going to do it. There might be a, a, like very specific layout that it's them, but yeah, it just sort of dawned on me occasionally. And then I felt dumb that I didn't, I mean, yeah, I, okay. I didn't assume right. that earlier, but, um, but I'm glad that that was the same for you. Okay. Here, here's how, uh, how cavalierly the nations um, decide that this is going to be something they, they really respect and go along with. Sure. Uh, the nations, three nations agreed to organize the commission to decommission all the weapon systems of mass destruction and to set up the global political institute the way the Troika presented under the form of constitution. Three nations figured they had nothing to lose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. We, we got to disarm these WNDs. It's like 615. I got to get home. Like, <laughs> Well, it, it dovetails into the, uh, the other thing. The, uh, the killing power had been known superficially to the offices of the presidents of China, Russia, and the USA. <laughs> so it's like, have you heard about this killing power? Hey, can I call the, the president of Russia? Yeah, I mean, I heard about it. Yeah. I, I don't know. They, well, should we do anything? They said they blasted some guy in, like, Egypt or something, but, like, I don't know. That's like... So he's standing he in his pajamas, <laughs> you know, scratching his, his left butt cheek and goes like, well, I mean, we got nothing to lose. Should we just <laughs> disarm our WNDs we... and unite as one world government? Uh, I'll talk to you later, Russia. I'm going to hit the hay. <laughs> but uh, as as cavalier as the presidents were, uh, here's how the, the you know, average Joe um, responded. The three nations joint statement on June 20th, 2016 rocked the earth. The undulating giant wave agitated brainstorming across the globe. Everyone woke up from the deep sleep and found their world changing entirely in rapid advance. Nobody could believe it. <laughs> Everyone wondered what was happening. <laughs> uh, and probably why is because millions of speculations on social norms, economic situations, and people's lifestyles had literally amassed for parade. <laughs> literally <laughs> right <laughs> that was that was that an article you, you've got a, you've got a high, high of a parade to announce the super constitution I guess so. um brand it just you get more science in this whole thing because it lays out like going to joshua tree and like uh attempting to sort of uh eliminate their uh location because 
they do have a physical thing in Joshua Tree that looks like a honeycomb attached to a tree that won't fall down in a storm that is the whole thing hinges on. You know, that they, they, they I think they considered a satellite, but I thought that would be too easy to like pinpoint the direction of. Um, oh, we spent four paragraphs talking about how maybe I could bounce these off a satellite to mix things up. And it's like, nah, what if we do this? Yeah. And I think it's just they go out there with like a crescent wrench and they <laughs> they kind of fix the thing or something. Because then they talk about let's make an, another couple of these things and put them in other Joshua trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, go to the local Baptist church that has the highest steeple in town and pay them a hundred bucks a month. Can we put a killing ray up in your... Uh, <laughs> yeah, like mounting a, uh, a helium antenna on top of, uh, on top right. of a phone antenna. But, but there, again... We are reading this chronologically. So the presidents of the three, you know, the the no joke nations have agreed to all these demands. And then they sort of wake up and they're like, oh, crap, like <laughs> we ought to figure out where to place these things. Like it's probably it's something you should have sorted out before you started issuing you know, demands about revamping the entire world government. Yeah. When you go to extort the whole world. Make sure your killing rays are set up exactly. <laughs> it's just common sense. Like, don't, you know, there's probably like tin foil wrapped around one of the. I can't get it to point towards Russia. Like, just put some aluminum foil around the. the okay, yeah. Now we can kill them. Yeah. You know. Oh, Mister Lee, we're really going to need a uh, increase in our budget to, uh, to to get this whole thing to work. Otherwise, we're dead in the water. We're going to have to yes. disappear like that person in hiding. Uh, well, figuring out this uh, trigonometry and stuff like, you know, where should we put the the new killing rays? We get this, which made me say, are, are we sure they're human, these, okay. these characters? Brenda turned her face towards James at the word of trigonometry, seemingly raising a question about the math matter. James's eyes blinked at meeting Brenda's gaze. James smiled a little and then talked. <laughs> so... These are like Muppets, like meeting for the first time. Yes. Ha 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 ha. Trigonometry. <laughs> Do you what like Wilkins happen? coffee, Brenda? <laughs> <laughs> Just bizarre. Yeah, it's very odd. And, you know, you know, in in a, in a smarter book, these would have been like all like, uh, you know, super geniuses that didn't have social skills or something like that. So they were trying to like overcome that as they worked to do this. But no, we've seen them. They they're the most popular people on campus, banging, fighting, Olympic gold medals, but. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, they're they're in a post sexual glow, right? Yes, right? Every time that we're talking yes. about them, that's what's just happened. <laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah, they, maybe uh, maybe that's just you know James is coming out of that daze um, right now. Yes. Uh, um, we get a really good aside because they they discuss this issue of trigonometry. They decide where to put it. Um, it says Brenda felt confidence in conducting the business of the super constitution at full scale. Meanwhile. The presidential offices of China, Russia, and the U.S. kept themselves vociferous in preparation for organizing the commission to decommission weapons, systems of mass destruction, and the global political institute under a single supreme sovereignty. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> the book does tend to uh, to do massive things like off camera or just mention them in one sentence and uh, move on. Right. Uh, a great uh, inserted in the middle of all of it. James stared blankly into the air in a little bit. And then continued. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So those are the those are the asides you get as the monologues happen, and those are those are some of the best writing in the book. I feel uh, amazing. And then so then we get a bunch of the uh, 
uh, oh, we get a, a nice tribute, I think, to Antigua where they just start listing people. Yep. Who are in the security advisors and stuff? <laughs> Let's name some characters. Amazing. <laughs> um, and, but they so that's the uh, like intelligence czar Malcolm Stark. So it's fun to it's fun to hear his names. We get some more later at the UN. But there's a uh, uh, Edmund Murdoch, Clark Powell, Steve Johnson, uh, and these these guys are sort of trying to figure out like what's going on with this killing power. Where it happened? It said they guessed the killing power was not from extraterrestrials, but from the Earth. Probably one of the advanced nations, such as Russia, China, Japan, India, France, Germany, South Korea, or some other nation <laughs> to really just cover all their bases. Uh, uh, but they're not laying down. Uh, while the three powers were perspiring over good results from the new venture, naturally, they put themselves to extraordinarily hard work in investigating the source and technology of the killing power. Okay, really? <laughs> sure. Okay, prove it. The U.S. President's National Security Advisor, Steve Johnson, made more frequent visits to the Oval Office. <laughs> yeah, that does, it does sound like you guys are working extraordinarily. Around the clock, yeah. <laughs> hey, I hope you don't mind. I'm doing a little drop-in over that hole. Did you hear about the thing with the superpower uh, killing wave that's going to kill us all and we're making a new world government? <laughs> You were in my office this morning. Yeah, but I just thought I'd drop in and see how we're doing on that. He's doing the uh, George Costanza where whenever he sees the, the president walking by his office, he just looks really like oh, like rubbing his hair and like, you know, looking really angry just to <laughs> make it look like he's working harder. Right. <laughs> um, they, they, uh, they talk about how... Um, you know, again, monologues that are just like sort of insane and... <laughs> this is the president talking to his security advisor, I think, here. He says, um, now here, the owner of the killing power, fortunately, orders not evil things, but blessed ones, like God would do. <laughs> yes. It's like, all right, author, you finally took off your... <laughs> You're not only a talented businessman who clears five million in profits a year, you actually think you're God. Right. I know, you know, I'm not uh you know, I, I remember a bit of, of, of Sunday school and there was you know, God God visited some unfortunate things onto his people at times. It's a little bit of the uh of the old testaments dedicated to that in my recollection. A stern taskmaster. <laughs> um this is great. The, uh, so they create the, uh, well, I'll just read it. One day, the intelligence czar, Malcolm Stark, nice. suggested to the president the Special Secret Task Force, colon, the SSTF, parentheses, Special Secret Task Force. <laughs> That's nicely planned 90 as well. Oh, wow. You just said it to find it <laughs> and then put it in parentheses to remind everyone. Super constitution. Yes. Uh, he also describes the, uh, um, the like, ha th for some reason they think of these people as being benevolent who, are, who have the killing ray in the super constitution. If we raise an intelligent dog as a lovely pet, how would we treat it? If the pet dog behaves very loyal to the owner, if the dog does listen to the owner very well, we love the dog. The dog does not care if the owner deserts him or treats him badly. <laughs> yeah, he might. You know, <laughs> sounds like he probably would. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't care if you treat me badly, owner. Please, like, don't feed me, kick me. There we go. 
Oh, the, the endless musings, which we now know are coming from a man who thinks of himself as a god visiting his ideas on everyone. <laughs> uh, dogs. Uh, primitive man found fire, which has enormous power in the living world. Primitive man found weapons, such as throwing stones, arrows, knives, swords, spears, and explosives. <laughs> and then he goes on. And then we get this... Uh, deep philosophical stuff i mean is this just he's just quoting david hume now I, I don't know when a guy realizes he gathered an enough killing power that's not a typo gathered an enough <laughs> oh. killing power to tell his will to his neighbor he invades into his neighbor to tell his will <laughs> yeah i think that's uh sun tzu art of war yes <laughs> how about this one uh, this is a saying as old as time. Human beings will never give up their strenuous and conspicuous efforts to find out the source of the killing power, even though they know they are under surveillance from the source of that killing power. <laughs> it really does act like killing power is something that's been a, uh, you know, you look around the room and everyone nods. You know, oh, yeah, we know. We know killing power. It's been people have feared that for centuries. Right. So he goes on, he quotes, uh, he quotes Plato's uh, Republic to make a utopia and says that he has it mm -hmm. uh, to rule human society. We need a ruling power and the power comes ultimately from the killing power. Uh, then he talks about uh, the German U-boats uh -huh. that uh, sank, but then the, the U S came back and destroyed wait, wait, the U-boats. U-boats parentheses submarines. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he talks about the uh, samurai named Hideyoshi mm -hmm. who unified Japan and then invaded Korea, but Korea fought back. All this is to say that the, uh, oh, and then he actually talks about the uh, Holocaust. Yes. Uh, as he's. I'm going <laughs> to so read that point... sentence. Hitler yeah, killed Jewish people during Second World War. The <laughs> systematic mass slaughter of European Jews and Nazi commentary. <laughs> Sorry, I got to start over. Yes. Hitler killed Jewish people during Second World War. The systematic mass slaughter of, of European Jews in Nazi. All right. No, you can't be. <laughs> Please make it very clear we're laughing at Charles Kim. Please. Yes, this is if we awful. Can make that that explicit. is to get hung up reading. Hitler killed Jewish people during Second World War. The systematic mass slaughter of European Jews in Nazi concentration camps. Colon. Holocaust. <laughs> End of sentence. <laughs> which relates which relates to his sentence about U-boats, which said during Second World War, Jewish U-boats, parentheses, submarines, sank about 1,500 American merchant ships while the U.S. destroyers and attack planes destroyed about 1,500 German U-boats. So many killing powers were mobilized. Those kinds of killing powers stood awesome, but not much usable to have effective control on decision-making for the most effective world politics. I mean, you know... They, they had a slight impact on world politics. Uh, <laughs> world War II did, I would feel like. That's not an unfair way to put it. <laughs> Colon so, Holocaust. <laughs> so all of that is to say that the, the Troika suddenly goes like, you know, hey, we started this thing up. We're extorting the, the worlds to our will. We're making them bend to our will. It's for their own good. We're doing the Lord's work here, obviously. Mm -hmm. No one doubts that. But people might not like it. <laughs> and they might fight back. And so, uh, once again, the banality of evil. In case somebody tries to approach our secret technology, even though we have already warned them, we have to take a decisive and fast action. I mean, we have to get rid of her or him immediately by sending the killing wave to him or her 
to let them know we are conducting serious business. <laughs> so no one would try to approach us in any manner. And uh, so let's gavel that meeting closed and let's go and kill 10 million people. Yeah, but first, uh, sweaty sex. Uh, sure, yeah, well, we got to get that out of the way. I also like how they're sort of employing a bit of like the Chad Dale uh, trucker mentality when they keep saying, you know, him or her, like they're very inclusive. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the, the chapter ends with uh, the Troika and Michael Lee did not get involved in actual management of the processes in the globalization of the super constitution. That alone could provide uh, substantial objectivity with their judgment. And their whole interest in the globalization with the super constitution came from a naive concept of their technology's contribution to the simple justice. Clear vision without any greedy mind can bring justice. So he's uh he's essentially saying like oh they're just they're just naive about this whole stuff and that's a good thing they haven't really thought a lot of this through they're just these pure souls going in here to a killing power to unite the world under one language and kill anyone who stands in their way well, yeah it's just you know omelets eggs you know like uh, Pol Pot thought the same thing you know you got to start from a clean slate so let's uh, let's wipe out a city I mean what's the big deal oh. And that's the end of Article 7. Yeah. We got a uh, one more article to go. Um, there's a lot to cover, so let's just let's just keep right going. We got some talking at the UN. A lot more characters. I don't think we're going to come anywhere near, uh, what's it called, uh, Antigua. But uh, it, does, it does introduce some fun ones here. Oh, my gosh. This is the chapter in which uh, characters get up and uh, introduce other characters. <laughs> it's, uh, it's amazing. It starts uh, off... Um, Parts of this, if you just imagine a uh, like one of those local TED talks that like anyone can do, that's like not actually TED. It's like TEDx type of thing where you can just put mm. it on your community center. This sounds a lot of this passage sounds like just a uh, a really shitty TEDx talk. This one starts this way. This is like a like a, a hustle bro kind of thing. Delivery means result. Delivery makes things happen and possible. Success comes through all. I have one of those headset microphones. Success mm. comes through all types of a right delivery. All sorts of desirable physical movements depend on the right method of logistics. Without a right delivery, a promise ends up empty. Our life goes by, our life goes on through delivery, physically and mentally. And there's just a, slant, a slide in the background that says hashtag delivery. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, Tom Cruise in that uh, Thomas Paul Anderson yeah, yeah, movie Magnolia. or whatever. Magnolia, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that he sells, you know, books for $40 in the lobby. Yes. <laughs> Uh, this, this is, I think, where they reveal that it was uh, Miss O'Hara, I think it says. Not only three power security team, but also many worldwide scientists focused their curious attention on the electronic waveform from Miss O'Hara used and the existence of a cell-disturbing wave to cause death. How on earth could somebody deliver her or his voice without a trace? How could they manage the listening device through the radar beacon? The three nations security team made a strenuous effort to figure it out. No one could think of any clue. But man, did her voice sound hot. Oh, they, they pretty much say that, right? Uh, every class of sophisticated and up-to-date modern gadgets was mobilized to catch up with any clues of Miss O'Hara's voice, but only darkness and labyrinthine enigmas permeated everybody's brain. <laughs> uh, and then uh, they get into a discussion of... Um, so this is the security guard, yeah. czar, sorry, Steve. talking to... Yes, Steve and Malcolm. Yeah, yeah, Malcolm. Steve. Um, yeah, Steve's the security czar, and Malcolm is the intelligence czar. 
So they're talking about it, like, how do we find out who this woman is, etc. But in, in the middle of it, our security czar, who's, you know, this is serious stuff, the commission of the WMD and the Global Political Institute are not a bad idea at all. <laughs> I'm quite alarmed that our security czar is willing to cede our sovereignty. <laughs> well, maybe not your call, uh, Malcolm. Right, yeah. um, you work for us. Hey, this, this Miss O'Hara is no joke, man. <laughs> and they, so they try to find out who's behind the voice, and then we get this sentence, and Grandpa... You've been warned already. I've had enough of this crap. All right. Steve got pretty much excited at the words behind Miss (laughs) O'Hara and asked Malcolm what he thought of the SSTFs. Uh, He did that on purpose, right? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, because he says we'll progress to the point that we can guess who is indeed behind Miss O'Hara. And uh, after Steve gets pretty much excited about that malcolm slowly started to open his mouth after a little pause with a slight sigh <laughs> which is a, uh, a very weird thing to imagine talking about moist lip sounds yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> behind miss o'hara little something for daddy <laughs> but of course the troika has been monitoring everything here which is something they can do um that just sort of has slipped in here after this whole discussion um, and so they're like aware that the people are trying to figure out who Miss O'Hara is. Um, but I, I don't remember if they actually specified it. I think we just I think we're just meant to pick up on it. I guess he trusts the reader's intelligence. Charles Kim does. They do not specify it. And that would have been a Perfect again place. would have been a, a moment to talk about their work as being Miss O'Hara and the decision. And like uh, you, that would have been fantastic if he had gotten into. What should we call this alien from a distant star? <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, James opened his mouth, turned his head, turned back around, smiled slightly, and said, How about Danny? That is a good idea, said John. Miss O'Hara is better. How You know, like yeah, that would have yeah. made for fantastic prose. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I, you don't need to explain where it came from, but at least show us how they came up with it. Like, yes. Or, you know, name it after their uh, advisor at, the, uh, at Brown University. Right, right. Well, it gets into a uh, a um, convening of the General Assembly at the UN, um, which attracts the largest audience ever recorded in history through worldwide TV media. Uh, people of the world were glued to a TV screen. So um, people all over the world have suddenly developed an intense interest in what is essentially C-SPAN. <laughs> yes, and this is going to be a meeting. I mean, this meeting is incredible. But uh, as far as uh, attendance, you know, th- the Super Bowl, go to hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, the World Cup, you know, yep. eat me. Yep. Uh, the the final episode of MASH, yep. rot in hell. Avengers Endgame opening weekend, you know. Yeah, please. Nothing. Everyone is tuned into it. It's like uh, they used to say that when the Lucy show was on, they used to have to you know, pump the water supply during the ads because people would flush the toilet at the exact same time all over the country. (laughs) Don't know if that's true, but that's the the rumor. So uh, that's what's happening here. The entire world is tuned in to Assembly Hall. And uh, they've got their, you know, their their bingo cards. They like the office pools, you know, like Will Boutros, Boutros Golly have a blue necktie or red. People are gambling on that. It's just they've, they've really like captivated everybody. And there's no sense that... Uh, the Troika said, watch this insanely dry meeting at the UN or else we'll killing power you. It just people are, are suddenly, you know, well interested in, you know, geopolitics. 
super excited. Yes. And, and like you said, parties uh, with the wallboards and stuff like that. I'm, I'm buying grid number three and, uh, and here we go. Um, and it's, it starts off with a, again, we'll use it for the third time. Starts off with a bang. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Glenn Marshall, <laughs> ambassador of the United States of America. One of three chairs of tonight's event for the public hearing of the super constitution. Uh, and then it goes on. And then, uh, I like that they Ladies introduce and- themselves, these ambassadors, like a, uh, a maid of honor speech. Like, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Jill, and I've known, you know, Karen since, you know, the third grade. <laughs> yeah, this seems to me like, what if you had wandered into an endless thing? Have you ever gone to, you know, like your, your nephew's in a play and like, oh, I got to go to the play. All <laughs> right, here, I'm at the play. Three hours are over. And then suddenly it's like, and now we'd like to bring up our, our beloved director, here she comes. Let's bring her up on stage. And then they give her flowers. And then she makes a speech. Oh. And you're like, God damn it. Please. How did I get? <laughs> so this is like an endless version where you're stuck with like, the, I don't want to hear anything from Glenn Marshall. But then Glenn Marshall immediately, uh, uh, he's the, the General Assembly Hall echoed with deafening silence with the largest audience ever recorded in history throughout the worldwide TV media. People of the world were glued to the screen. Mr. Glenn Marshall continued after a brief silence. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Giorgio Provonsky, ambassador of the Republic of Russia. (laughs) Woo! I had those numbers. Why did Glenn Marshall need to come up at all? (laughs) How come you can't just superimpose his name there? It would make it much more dignified. Oh, well, Ge- and then it continues. Giorgio Provonsky has some has some good good stuff right here because essentially this is where they're introducing the world to the super constitution. They're going to tell everybody like what it involves, what your new governing body is, what your new language you're going to have to speak in five years is. Mm-hmm. And here's uh, here's how he introduces this to the world, ladies and gentlemen. No matter if we like it or not, we have been given an absolute order to take on the super constitution. <laughs> Fortunately, it looks great. (laughs) (laughs) So he's on board. There we go. I wonder if there was, they they don't say it, but uh, I wonder if there was like spontaneous applause throughout the, right? you know, is is this like, like, is this like red meat for the, yeah, like, Uh, I think we can all agree uh, (laughs) that Donald Trump's a pretty bad dude, huh? Yeah. And yeah, again, he says it looks great without any like, you know, since the killing power is pointed directly at my wife off stage, it looks great, folks. <laughs> you really got to just, you know, we, uh, you got to do it. Come on. <laughs> He's blinking in Morse code. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, something you, you'll notice here as we go on, I think it just sets it up, and I, I, I noted later because I had picked up on it, is that all of these guys, uh, Mr. Provonsky spoke fluent English. He had gone to Yale for eight years. The next guy that speaks is the Chinese ambassador who had, was a Harvard graduate. And you're going to, you know, obviously, um, the our graduates, our Troika went to Brown. The uh, guy speaks from France who went to Sorbonne. So we'll just put a pin in that, and uh, we'll come back to it later as he says something that completely contradicts everything he says about oh, where dear. these guys come from. <laughs> um, uh, is it him? Is it Giorgio or whatever who says, because um, uh, this seems healthy. According to the instructions given by Miss O'Hara, we don't intend to <laughs> criticize the super constitution at all. <laughs> yeah. Blink, blink, blink. 
so we're just, uh, you know, I'm sure you got some questions, but let's not uh, veer into the realm of criticism yeah. if we can. He says, he says it, the purpose tonight is to let the world know what the super constitution is. Therefore, if there are any wrong introductions or messages, I'm going to stop the speaker right away. Like, you know, I'm going to come out here, pull the plug if anyone starts being like, uh, if you get a, uh, you know, a protester or something, or someone comes out and throws blood on the super constitution, like they'll be, they'll be dealt with. We promise you, Troika. We shall not adopt a super constitution under threat of death. Like, I don't want to hear that crap. I told you, I warned you about this. You're not one of my team players here. (laughs) <laughs> uh, it introduces Jacques Chevron from France, who's a very famous sovereignty professor. Um, I just like that idea that you can that, that that is something that exists. Like the uh, the freelance architect in one of the shorts we did. He's a right. he's a very famous sovereignty professor. <laughs> he's like uh, you know the Roadhouse guy. He's a super yep. famous bouncer. Yes. Oh, I recognize him. <laughs> And Mr. Chevron from France praised and admired the spirit and ruling power of the super constitution to finally bring a fantastic world order to this beautiful earth. (laughs) So not, not at all like a dictator here. It's uh, it's like, not like the, uh, you know, the Kim Jong parades where, you know, you just have pictures of him rolled past as everyone just sort of weeps and uh, weeping (laughs) and like, we love him so much. (laughs) And uh, yeah, like you said, he gets a, uh, he gets a standing ovation at the end of his speech. So everyone is, I think every single one of these, I think we get 10 speeches from 10 uh, um, various world dignitaries and every single one of them gets a standing ovation. Well, at least one or more gets more than one standing ovation. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but I don't know who says this, but the phrasing of it is quite nice. The, the uh, It's talking about the suffering of the world, like wars and famine and, okay. you know, just murder. The suffering has been so sticky, yet still it is going on, and it looks like it's going to go on forever. You know, the victim of wars or famine. Like, <laughs> you know what the worst thing about it is? It's so sticky. It gets a little just, sticky. Uh, yeah. <laughs> My whole family, they went to a camp. Their arms were cut off by machetes. Then they went to a camp, and they died of starvation. It's so sticky. Yeah. Uh, Flypaper much? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know which person that was, but uh, the uh, I'm just going. I'm looking at these in order. We had a Chinese guy, and then we have um, a South Korean guy named Nam Kuk Ga. He says, "I love this constitution because it loves people," <laughs> which is some really good uh, politician speak there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, and uh, at some point in time. Uh, it says right now, so this is a uh, Mr. Yao Bang Chang. He says right now, so many sovereignties exist in this world, just as too many languages exist, <laughs> which is like, but not for long, because the super constitution is going to take care of that, folks. You got five years to speak your own language. Yes. We know this isn't reaching a lot of you because a lot of, uh, you know, millions of people on Earth don't have electricity and can't gather to watch this. But like, we'll be enforcing that. We will be enforcing that by by, pun, by punishment of death. So you know what? We're just gonna kill you. Yeah. I, it's, I mean, you know. Yeah, it's uh, is that gonna be easier than sending missionaries out to teach everybody this language? Like, probably not. So three minutes. <laughs> uh, and I don't know who says this, but uh, according to the instructions given by Miss O'Hara, we don't intend to c- criticize the super constitution at all. <laughs> so. Again, just they're reinforcing that. Like, this is not a time for people to <laughs> have any objections to it. It's all—it's a fait accompli. We're going to do this. 
So what we want to do is just get people up here to praise it and then give standing ovations. Yes. It's very spooky. Do not taunt happy fun ball. Like (laughs) that type of. Yeah. Here's one that makes you think. Uh, Hundreds of sovereignties and languages had sprung out. But nowadays, the earth means a different environment to humans. The Pacific and Atlantic Oceans are only big rivers to cross. (laughs) (laughs) And so it says we need new order, new law, new constitution, and a new language that facilitates our modern life. Um, Which, you know, I think that was that was in the super constitution. So it's uh, I guess you're just laying it out to people. It says, with the super constitution, we don't have to worry about so-called corrupted politicians and inefficient bureaucrats. (laughs) This time we're getting it right, folks. Under threat of death. Uh, All right. So we got Nam Kuk Ga. Um, They all kind of make... Mr. Takashima. Mr. Takashimaya. Takashimaya. From Princeton. And then we have... Uh, Yao Bang Chang. Yao Bang Chang. Oh, and then, so, all right, this made me very, very happy. Yeah. Uh, Yao Bang Chang appeared again in the front of the podium with ever more confident dignity. (laughs) That should be a visual challenge. That's a a slam on Mr. Takashiya and, uh, you know, Mr. The other guys. I'm not going to even try to pronounce it. Mr. Mitchell or whatever. Uh, He proudly announced Miss Indira Gandhi? Two. (laughs) From India. Roman numeral two. <laughs> I was like, wait, pretty sure. Oh, it's two. <laughs> There's a sequel to Indira Gandhi. Yes. Just like uh, in UHF, Weird Al, one of the movies he made was Gandhi 2. <laughs> no more Mr. <laughs> Passive Resistance. Wow. I, did, I forgot about that. That's tremendous. Yeah. Uh, Indira uh, Gandhi did not have a daughter. I looked it up. I had to I had to do some verification because I... I tried to verify that too because I'm like, I'm pretty sure there is not an Indira Gandhi <laughs> too um and uh I, I i i at this point things i think there start to be like little like jokes you know like you know the next guy that comes is a french guy named mr nicolas sartre so it's like okay like have all of these been like uh, little little easter eggs for people i have no idea um <laughs> the important thing is that it says uh at, right before gandhi 2 comes out the audience thirstily waited for the next panelist to speak. Yes. <laughs> Give us Brenda. Come on. We're ready. <laughs> uh, this is pretty great, though. Mr. Sartre uh, is introduced as the number one national debater in the field of spiritual justice concerning human society's basic legal affairs. <laughs> uh, he frequently questioned what is justice, what is fairness, and uh, Mr. Sartre started his usual debating manner with a confident stance. Mm. Okay, how might that go? This guy seems very serious. Let's see. How are you, my fellow people? <laughs> uh, microphone feedback. <laughs> I thought his confident stance was going to be Mark Gormley's uh, lean. <laughs> yeah, the power stance. <laughs> and is there a lot of uh, is there a lot of competition in the uh, in the field of? Spiritual justice concerning human society's basic legal affairs debating. Do they really rank that? In a- yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I'm a regular at that bar. Like, yeah, you're the only one. That's like, right. it's not it's not anything to be proud of. <laughs> uh, here's what Miss Indira Gandhi too uh, promised. She sure. enumerated a variety of beautiful points of the only of the only one military power's unique existence in this world. The people all over the world glued to the TV, thirstily, had been fascinated by the imagination of the ever-giant military strength 
that was going to be friendly to the people of the world. <laughs> you dumbasses. <laughs> we promise. Yeah, this time. No, like, no take backs. Fool me twice. Uh, yeah, so Mr. Yeah, th- so this is a pattern. This is, w- what do they call this? Uh, peroration, where it just repeats the same thing. Each one gets up. Mr. Chevron quoted many religious incidents of the human history. Mr. Schmidt got up, presented many cases of all nations' uh, egoistic compromise by disregarding world people's true interests. <laughs> okay. uh, Mr. Gaw went through the list of political predicaments in history. Uh, at the end of the speech, he received another standing ovation. So that's, <laughs> that's two O's for Mr. Gaw. Uh, so I, that's what they do. They get up and they list things, which yep. he doesn't list. Yeah. But after he lists all the things that used to go wrong, uh, the crowd just goes absolutely bananas. That's yes, right. Yeah, they're, th- in they're the throwing their t- your burritos at the screen like, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> There's guys with their uh, shirts off like at a hockey game that have spelled out, uh, you know, Gandhi 2 on their chest in paint. <laughs> <laughs> at some point in time, um, uh, the German uh, guy gets up, Mr. Kant. Um, gets up to speak to people. Oh, boy. Yeah, I can't take much more of this, but uh, he's like, <laughs> good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I Oh, yeah, the scene now looked familiar, and they were expecting what type of the next pleasant speech was going to go on. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am very much pleased to see your relaxed pose tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes on to say, uh, I, I guess everyone had a thing to talk about, like, but he says, he's talking about education. He says, education should not cost a student any money. Success and happiness do not necessarily come from only higher and better school. And to bring that out, let's bring out the guy from the Sorbonne, Harvard, and the three people who are here because of today. From They're all from Ivy League schools or the European equivalent. Right. There's someone. For, oh, yeah. The next person who comes up is Yao Bang Chang, who has a Ph.D. degree and taught constitutional law at UCLA for more than 10 years and was now God. teaching at, wait for it. Seoul National University. Just a little uh, little Easter egg for, for uh, people who have gone in deep lore on Charles Kim there. Right. <laughs> uh, but the education guy, who they just love, uh, I forget what his name is, he, he then he says... Um, Kant. You know, we're, Kant. Kant. Okay. The, uh, education guy Kant is like, you know, yeah, we're, uh, education has been terrible. Well, we're going to turn it around with a super constitution. Yeah, people are cheering. Uh, pe- ripping off their shirts, turning around, uh, wearing purple wigs. Yeah, there's t-shirt the best, cannons. Yeah, the best institute must be invented. Yeah. Oh, you haven't done that yet? <laughs> what, why are we cheering? <laughs> yes, really. What What else have you have you not figured out yet? Like, do we even know what language we're all supposed to be speaking in five years? That wasn't really enumerated. Oh, crap. I've been doing I, Duolingo I, I in, in uh, Irish. Jeez. We're doing the wave for like the 40th time. What are we waving for? Uh, you guys haven't thought the shit through. Right. And then they bring out the guy who's the PhD in constitutional law who uh, has to be, ladies and gentlemen, this is madness. This is utter madness. I've, I've, you know, I'm, I'm the world's foremost expert on constitutional law. And this is, this violates every possible thing that's going to go wrong with this. Yes. Uh, is that uh, the guy who I think is his greatest name? And I wonder who this is referencing. I'm afraid I don't. I'm not erudite enough to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Sonny Jinho Bang. Yeah. That's- who was educated in Los Angeles yeah. from the age of six. <laughs> hey, look, look, Mr. Sonny Jingo. That'd be something you yell at your kid or something. Yeah, that's right. His full, the full middle name when he's in trouble. Uh He's great, though. He, uh, this is something, you know, imagine to this what this looks like. 
Dr. Bang was of short stature, but well built around shoulders and neck and gave a bold impression. <laughs> so he's like, uh, uh, I don't even, I don't even know. Like he's, he's just a, like a, a thwomp from Super Mario or something like that. Just, uh, it, it's, I don't even know if AI could come up with a drawing of that guy. I, uh, well, the challenge is out there. <laughs> he goes on to say, this is a Bob Craney kind of sentence. Ladies and gentlemen, there are many public enterprises, the heavy size of 800-pound gorillas, which have no boss, and there are so many public administration offices which neglect efficient services to the people. <laughs> what? Huh? what? Uh, we were cheering what? for the gorillas. We sort of lost track. That's a weird metaphor, man. Yeah, now that you mention gorillas, I'm thinking of your thick neck and bold stature. It's weird. <laughs> and uh, then it goes on to say, Dr. Bang told his stories about the representative misuse of public enterprises and public administrative offices, which produced a roar of laughter from the audience. <laughs> so, believe it or not, that's uh, he tells his stories about representative misuse of public enterprises and public administrative offices and just kills it with the audience. Like prime <laughs> Eddie Murphy in the 80s, just people going nuts for it. And um, I sort of wondered... How that was possible, obviously, that these the you know he's he's essentially just trotting out his tight five here, and the uh, the dark web, believe it or not, has a has a has a transcript of all the other parts of this. Charles Kim only put in the highlights, obviously, but uh, they they had the sort of like full meeting minutes here from the, no from, way. from the from the from the UN. Yep, oh yeah, it's uh, they had like the court stenographer there. So, I mean, this is a long chapter with a lot of words and a lot of speakers, but the dark web thought that expanding it even more was a good idea. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, it, it, this is how the world governments um, formed going forward. So, they, you know, it's sort of important to preserve all of this. Um, sure. I just hope we're not building a, a heavy 800-pound gorilla. But Well, that would be awful. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, they, they didn't—, they didn't um, like reenact this surprisingly I, I i don't know why but i figured maybe we could just um perform his stand-up routine here so yeah let's just uh we can alternate uh we'll present uh, uh dr sunny bang's uh stand-up routine in front of the un that was just triggered rapturous laughter uh sunny jinho bang please sorry yes yeah. of course right. uh, my friend asked me hey you ever see any representative misuse of public enterprises? Uh, yeah, I work in a public administrative office. That's like asking a proctologist, hey, you see any asses lately? <laughs> Huge laughter. And then he goes on. Uh, but seriously, I mean, if there's so much representative misuse going on, why don't they just build the whole enterprise out of the administrative office? <laughs> Guy says to me the other day, why the hell are you representative, representatively misusing that private enterprise? Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's, it's a private enterprise? Uh, maybe somebody should label these things better then. Uh, did walk in on my, my son misusing a private enterprise the other day. It's called locking the door, boy. <laughs> Give it up for Indira Gandhi, too, though, huh? She's the best follow-up since representative misuse of public enterprises and public administrative offices, the squeakwool. You ever notice how public enterprise, hang on, you ever notice how uh, public enterprise misuses dance like this, but uh, public administrative office misuses dance like this? Oh, yes. They are different. They are. So what's up with Smurfette? Yeah. She's the only girl Smurf. 
What happens on the night of Smurf prom? One guy takes Smurfette and all the other guys sit around and misuse public enterprises and public administrative offices? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, The other shows I like are those shows on TGIF. Uh, that, That stands for... Thank God it's finally time to misuse public enterprises and public administrative offices. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I haven't been doing a lot of dating lately. But it's gotten so bad I asked a prostitute to misuse my public administration offices and she paid me not to. All right. Well, I'm going to skip ahead here. You hear about that congressman who ran on a platform opposing the representative misuses of public enterprises and public administrative offices? Yeah, yeah, he won his primary in fantasy land. <laughs> What's up with all these streaming services lately? Disney Plus, Discovery Plus, Paramount Plus? What's next? Representative misuse of public enterprises and public administrative offices plus? Uh, all right, folks, can you imagine if Christopher Walken worked in a public administrative office? I think it would go a little something like this. <laughs> I'm sorry, we don't allow any representative misuse. Uh, try the public enterprise down the hall. <laughs> yeah. And what? Pretty good. And why haven't they made a fourth Austin Powers movie? Some hot chick would be like, hey, Austin, you want to misuse a public enterprise and public administrative office? And he'd be like, yeah, baby. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, can you believe this PC culture, though? I told someone the other day they needed to knock off that representative misuse of public enterprises, and they said uh, the preferred term is archetypal maltreatment of communal operations. <laughs> yeah, kids these days, what an entitled bunch. They end out participation trophies left and right. Not me, though, nah. Not after I learned what it would cost to engrave for participating in representative misuse of public enterprises and public administrative offices on 25 trophies. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Sonny oh Jinho Bang. So funny. So funny. Bring it back. <laughs> I don't want to hear from Mr. Schmidt anymore. Uh. Not funny. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. Well, he got uh, two standing O's. Yes, I think uh, well-deserved. Oh, boy. Um, What is left? My God. <laughs> I think they get into some taxes. Um, Yeah, just... Uh, Oh, the guy who speaks, just, uh, I only have, I, I guess I have, oh, I have two more notes. <laughs> okay. We're almost done. Uh, the guy who gets up, may, uh, maybe this is Jin Hobang. I don't know. No, doctor, this is Dr. Hideyoshi. Yes. Uh, he goes, frankly speaking, I love capitalism. Woo, capitalism. <laughs> That's his start, yeah. I appreciate capitalism. Woo, capitalism. Because it's the only way to develop our prosperity, the only way to develop our prosperity Considering egoistic human nature. Woo, capitalism. Yeah, I'm with you, John. That guy in front gets it. However, socialism must be applied for the humanitarian purpose. (laughs) So, I guess I was misleading you. (laughs) He goes on to say, ladies and gentlemen, here we have very useful resources and leverage. The tax reform. (laughs) Oh, wait, it's still not the, this is not the stand-up still, huh? This guy's... (laughs) He's just actually going to talk about tax reform as this meeting enters its third hour. Uh, people were so much excited on this incentive taxation introduced by Dr. Hideyoshi. Standing ovation went roaring on. <laughs> A tectonic shift of their emotion. 
considering there has been two dozen standing ovations already, this is you know you can you can see how this one is more tectonically bigger. They actually say a, a few times like I wish that this I wish there were more speakers. I wish that went this went on longer, and the crowd Amazing. is like yes, Amazing. <laughs> yes. Doctor Sanjay Chandra from India took the podium uh, amid a vigorous mood of the General Assembly Hall. It was now almost in a feasting atmosphere. <laughs> And that's, and that's good, right? That's okay. Good, all right, good. Yeah. <laughs> Sanjay, you got to get on there. They're in a feasting atmosphere. Oh, well, God, should I? Should we just cut it off then? I don't understand. Holy crap! Don't go out there. They're in a feasting atmosphere. Or wait, do go out? There? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> and he's the last person to talk, and he says, uh, he essentially says, like, um, there's too bad there can't be more of us, but I would like to bring your uh, attention to creating free trade on Earth with only a one percent duty. Because, you know, close with a bang here. Because we need the right statistics to record what merchandise moves from where and to how much with quantity and dollar amounts in a certain period. So I guess we're using dollars. I I forget if that was addressed. But he says, there are going to be no restricted items. Except some specific ones. (laughs) I didn't hear the second part, so I'll just cheer. Woo! I'm already going to be selling my rhino horns and, uh, you know, the giant panda wangs for aphrodisiacs. I hope those aren't the specific ones. (laughs) Uh, And he gets done with that. uh, And this is the last part of it. We're done. We're done. The people were truly excited by the idea of the worldwide free trade. The people imagine the world in free movement, not only commodity, but also free residence, a real freedom for humans, or we'll kill you with the killing ring. (laughs) Uh, But steps off to thunderous clapping and cheering. This is from the entire world. Yes. The whole world. Yes, right. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where it's like, if everyone jumped at the same time, could you knock the work off its axis? You've probably done that here. <laughs> There's probably, it's like when Krakatoa exploded and you could hear it around the globe. This is the, uh, when Dr. Chandra finishes his speech about 1% duty rates. That's, uh, that was the next time that happened. Wow. All right. Whew. There we go. That's it. That's Super Constitution Ep 2, baby. We got to do some dumb sentences. And I think I had one email I wanted to read. So let's get to that quickly. Okay. A sentence begins with a capital letter. A capital letter is a letter that's big. A capital letter is not a small letter. A capital letter uh, is the big, first one's big, Heather. big. A sentence... Well, Daddy, let me talk about the cell further. <laughs> uh, oh, Andrew submitted the one about the Special Secret Task Force, the SSTF, parentheses, Special Secret Task Force. Mike submitted, Steve Johnson seriously paused for a little while and then earnestly answered in a poker face. (laughs) Uh, Jeff submitted, there are so many killing powers, knives, guns, poison, even raw muscle power in the manner of simple murder, organized crimes, special commandos, terrorism, wars, and court order. (laughs) Uh, Hayden submitted, uh, Brenda hugged John and kissed him on the cheek as praise for John's simple style of narration on the subject. He said the author patting himself on the back after a paragraph of incomprehensible garbage. Janelle submitted, Brenda, it is funny. I am listening to you and you are talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff submitted, I am thrilled at the vision that neither dictator nor cunning politician could exploit the governing power under the shield of security forces because the super constitution and the unknown killing power have been motivated for the people. And he, he pointed out that you'd think they would have needed to demonstrate it once before the entire world capitulated to their 
demands, but uh, I guess not. Right. That's what I was bringing up. Like, yeah, you make a city disappear. At least the the guy who who blew up Roma, at least he put yeah. his, uh, you know, he put his money where his mouth was or whatever they're saying. Say what you say about the hidden man. He, uh, you know, he at least, uh, you know, we, we weren't we weren't going off his demands on faith. Yeah. I wonder where that guy is today. Oh, well. <laughs> Jim submitted, when a person dies, she or he no longer exists. (laughs) Justin submitted, this is just from Article 8, friendship goes. That was his, uh, that was a sentence in the the Constitution. Uh, Mike S. submitted, so killing power means nothing to a dead person. Uh, Brian submitted, meanwhile, the presidential offices of China, Russia, and the U.S. kept themselves vociferous in preparation for organizing the commission to decommission weapons systems of mass destruction and the global political institute under a single supreme sovereignty. And he just said the meanwhile is doing some heavy lifting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Craig submitted, this is a parenthetical, the wave one in page 80 identified human DNA like a fingerprint through its radar beacon by the delivering means of dark matter, and the wave two in page 80 established audiovisual facilities to communicate with the spot the wave one locates. He said it's the first work of fiction I've fiction I've seen that references itself by specific page number that's not a choose-your-own-adventure story. <laughs> <laughs> he says his favorite example came a bit later on page 113 when Kim felt the need to refer all the way back to page 110. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Ross submitted the one that we just covered from uh, Dr. Bang about the heavy size of 800-pound gorillas. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, this um, is one of those books. We've said it many times. But truly, I think every sentence could be on the block yes. to be the dumb sentence of the week. <laughs> I mean, more so, right, than than uh, Forrest Gump or whatever. Some sentences did some lifting. They were like, sure. then he went over sweet. here and asked around. I mean, that's funny enough. But it this is just like every sentence is like, what? uh i had one i think that uh didn't get used uh john smith made a pause in his dry scientific talk and emphasized with a pleasant smile his logic about the uncanny knack of the theory of the wave function and molecular characteristics mother of god (laughs) (laughs) the stage directions the uh the the adverbs oh man uh all of mine were burnt and we've had plenty of these so uh we're good (laughs) we're going to the party we're going to the game uh, all right, this is from uh, Beth, which is a pseudonym <laughs> for reasons that she makes clear. She says, newer listener here, working my way through the back catalog. Your podcast made me realize the most horrific thing. Ernest Klein changed the trajectory of my life. <laughs> I honestly don't know how to feel. When I was 11 years old, I saw a certain movie with my family. Seeing as how I was a sixth grader with no taste, I enjoyed it a great deal and ended up rewatching the DVD over and over. In particular, a reference to Legend of Zelda in the dialogue intrigued me as I had never played the game before. I picked up a used copy of Twilight Princess and became obsessed with Zelda. I began writing innocent yet horrifically stupid Zelda fanfic and posting it to various websites, and from there branched into wider fan communities. Though I mellowed out as I got older, I still remained active on these forums. In college, on one of these forums, I befriended a fellow enthusiast with a username so dumb he would be ashamed if I shared it. Five years later, he is now my fiancé. The movie that sparked this love of Zelda, it is of course, course Ernest Klein's Fanboys. Oh, I had it. 
<laughs> I hadn't thought about this movie in years. It will never willingly rewatch it. I never knew it was penned by the same man who gave us such literary genius as lubed up sex robots and Prince Battles, even dumber than my own garbage fan fiction. But everything makes a disturbing amount of sense now. From Beth, a pseudonym, I didn't tell my family how we actually met. As far as they know, we met in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Fa- yeah. Watched Fanboys again and again? Yes, did we not once threaten to live watch Fanboys? We did. We watched it. That was the one where, like, uh, did we watch it? William Shatner in a casino. Yeah, and it had the God, uh, that's how the much... girl from the Good Place that ended up in the Slave Leia bikini. That's the thing I remember. That's how much but, I uh, do not remember. <laughs> it was just, it was just crammed full of like, hey man, don't be a bitch. We got to make the Kessel Run. You know, when the Kessel Run was like getting to McDonald's before they stopped serving breakfast or something. You know that type. Ugh. of thing. Just, See, it was awful. See, my brain's ability to wipe out things that I do not want to remember. I guess it's good. <laughs> That's great. Oh uh, yeah. Well, best of luck to you on your nuptials. I hope the uh, I hope no one uh, ever threatens to tell your family uh, the true way of how you met under punishment of killing Ray. That would be a shame. Yeah. Don't uh, don't look at the Joshua Tree uh, National Park. By the way, <laughs> you're fine. All right, people. Well, that was uh, Super Constitution episode two. Thank you for uh, Patreon supporters. Thank you for. Dark Reb reenactors. Um, we'll be back with more of this soon. I can't wait to see where it goes. It, it literally could go anywhere, and I would not be surprised. So I'm I'm very excited. But uh, thank yeah. you all for listening. And I know that, uh, at least anecdotally, I know people are reading along. So I'm encouraging that. Yes. <laughs> Please read this one. <laughs> yeah, it's spectacular. It really is. Uh, we'll be back again. Thanks, everyone. Bye.